0: All right, welcome to episode 97, part two of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This episode was originally recorded in Estes Park, Colorado on August 30th, 2021. So I guess it'd be about a month and a half ago. And the second half is finally here, releasing October 19th, 2021. Anyway, greetings to you from the great state of Texas in the United States of America, Today we are coming to you with side two of our review of Ozzy Osborne's excellent 1986 album, The Ultimate Sin. Excellent to me at least. Um, and part one was released a few days after after Iron Maiden put out Senjutsu. So it was like, I think I mapped it out from release day. It'll be six weeks and three days from the release of Senjutsu. Which, whoa, oh, sorry, man. That reminds me. Matt, are you there?
1: Hello. <laughs> Do
0: you I've think I forgot at, about you there?
1: <laughs> I've been waiting at the door.
0: Let me let me just record the whole podcast. Can you hold on?
1: <laughs> yeah, give me give me ninety minutes. I'm good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how are you,
1: sir? I'm very well. How about yourself?
0: Doing good, doing good. That's Speaking nice. of Senjutsu, let's get our weekly. Uh, Two two ans- two letter answer from from uh, Matt. I'm assuming Matt, have you listened to the full of Senjutsu?
1: Senjutsu the song.
0: Senjutsu the album.
1: Uh, well, that'd be a no. That's still okay. Not, well, still not there
0: yet. What What have you listened to so far?
1: Uh, the first four tracks.
0: And have you gotten? I I, I know when we first kind of started talking, you know, when you came back a few weeks ago. You had listened to ev- the first four tracks a few times, maybe total. So, are you listening to it more, or is it just is it kind of still waiting? The whole album, you're just kind of waiting on it right now.
1: No, actually, I was out in the the backyard yesterday with my son, and we were listening to some tunes out there. And he wanted to hear Iron Maiden, and I was like, "Which one?" And he was trying to explain it to me, and it was um "Writing on the Wall" because I didn't let him okay. hear the start of that. He's like, yeah, this is okay. the one." So, no, I've listened to that, and we listened to. Actually, we listened to the first couple, uh, yeah, the first couple of tracks, first two or three tracks, yesterday. But yeah, I'm still not, still not through it yet.
2: Okay, okay, well,
0: still maybe lost. we'll have to have. <laughs> you're still lost in a lost in a lost world right now. <laughs> Somewhat, yeah. I'll get <laughs> that. maybe. I'm trying to. I would love. I would still love to have us be able to meet up halfway. You know, because where I live. For anyone listening, where I live and where Matt lives, I think we figured out what if we were both if we both got in a car right now and started driving, we'd meet what about four and a half hours into it, uh, roughly yeah. somewhere and in Oklahoma.
1: About two o'clock, about two a.m., we'd get there.
0: But uh, but it, but it's still but I mean it'd be like a uh, we're we're about four and a half hour driving hours apart from each other if we drive and meet in the middle. In the middle, correct? So, yeah,
1: yeah. There's about eight or nine hours between us,
0: and I'm hoping that. I really want you to listen to it anyways, but I'm hoping that maybe somehow I can stave it off just long enough to where I could meet you in the middle and then just get in my car. Cause I've got an awesome stereo system in my car now, and we could just go drive somewhere around in Oklahoma while our wives, you know, <laughs> eat dinner at somewhere and then just let you listen to the whole album and me be there and, and get to see your reaction. That'd be kind of cool. So,
1: Or is this really just a threat? And you're telling me this so that I will do it in case you do follow through.
0: You know, one one or the other is gonna work. You know, <laughs> whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. So, um, so uh, you know, you're 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 you have a lot waiting for you. So let me ask you this real quick. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, what is your relationship with Ozzy Osbourne's music like? Where has it ever been in your whole life?
1: Uh, he's been in there in bits and pieces. Like I was never really a. A big Aussie fan. I went through a little phase on him back in the early two thousands, and I—I know I've mentioned to you before that I'd bought some CDs and I'd found them within the last couple of months. I didn't even know I'd had them, and some of them hadn't been opened. Um, oh wow! So I, you know, I know a chunk of songs, but I was never really a an early Sabbath fan to to know a lot about him anyway. But gotcha. I think the first thing I ever bought was the Best of, and okay. I kind of went from there. So I like. Most of what I've heard, but not everything. Gotcha. But I did gotcha. see him okay. once. He was the first show that I saw once I'd moved to the US and I enjoyed it. It was good.
0: And so that was, that was, uh, 07. Is that right? It
1: was probably 08 by the time that he had come okay. here. But yeah, within my first 12 months of being here.
0: Okay. Okay. So that leads me to our new little tiny, uh, I hate to call it a segment, but, uh, <laughs> we can call it a segment right now. What have you been listening to in the past week or so?
1: So this week I had gone back and at the start of the week, I, I felt in a bit of a Danziggy mood and I don't know why I said Danziggy.
0: It's just that type of Dan Ziggy. Yeah. Remember there was a cartoon called Ziggy.
1: Uh, no, I'm not aware
0: of that. Okay. I'm, I'll have to show it. I might've
1: you. been on the wrong continent for that. You may have. Yeah. I'm Could've sure been. it was an American thing. Anyway, Dan Ziggy, so, yeah, Dan uh, <laughs> The album Danziggy, the very first one. The right, you know, first one. Couldn't have listen to that. I think that's a bit of a classic album, actually. Ah, uh, yes. So Danzig, when I was growing up in Australia, wasn't really a big thing. And I think sure. I, I'd gotten into that through a friend, and I probably saw the mother film clip as well. Okay. And it was like, oh, check this out, because that was a bit out there at the time, you know, back in 88, whenever it was. But, yeah, I gave that a bit of a listen, and I think you're a bit of a Danzig fan, too, from what I understand, or we've discussed yes. in the past. Yes, yes. So the first album, I could just about go through that and say that all of these songs are my favorite songs. Dude, yeah.
0: Okay, well, what would you say is your top song, if you had to just pick one? Right now, if you were going to pick one song to listen to.
1: Oh, Short, Sharp, and Punchy, I would still go Mother. Uh, okay. but I like Position as well. But Position was a grower. That was one of the songs I just didn't like, and I used to skip over it and it ended up becoming one of my favorite songs. I
0: like uh I like I'm I'm I am am i have not listened to this in a little bit, but I'm I'm wanting to make sure I say the right song. End of time. Isn't that the one that starts off with the little guitar it, and he says the sufferings
1: here? Does uh, no to-
0: oh I love that song.
1: That's an awesome song.
0: I, I have I have spoken to Nesbitt about Danzig before, and I know he loves Danzig. He loves Danzig more than I do. He He's kept up, I think, through the years, and so I would like to do a Danzig episode at some point, and I'm sure if I talked to him, he would probably be up for it as well.
1: So, Well, it just reminded me when you said that. So I know I've told you once before, but I, I don't know if it was the very first fan club that I was a member of, but <laughs> I was a member of, it was called The Angels of the Seventh Dawn. And I remember wow. that, so this is, I was too young to have a credit card. I was, you know, less than 18. Yeah. So it was, you know, traips down to the post office and get an international money order and, and mail that off. And, you know, weeks and weeks <laughs> later, and I got this cheap little folder and I think it had some promo shots. And it, oh, cool. It, it, well, it wasn't really cool at all, actually, but uh, it was just one of these little cheapy things. And I tried to find out what people were getting. Like I looked this yeah. up a couple of months ago. And whatever people were getting here, like in the U.S., was not what I was getting in Australia.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it didn't it what, didn't bother me. What year are you talking here? What year are you joining the Danzig? Okay, you weren't 18, so this is probably... This is 90s then, 80s, right? I reckon it was...
1: The, yeah. So I Late 80s?
0: Well, this album came out in 88, so... Correct.
1: So I think it was probably maybe two or three years later, maybe 90, 91. Mm-hmm. And... Yes, yeah, so I was probably like 16 or 17 when I had that. That's I-
0: one album. That's one album that I bought solely based on what the cover looked like. Was oh, that right? I'd had I had no idea who Danzig was or what he sounded like cuz cause, cause Mother got popular, you know, after um I think after the third album, you know, when they released the the live thing and it blew up, you know, they released mm-hmm. the, uh, that that um Was it Demon Thrall Sweat Live or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: I had that the little EP.
0: Yeah. And I remember I can remember when when, I can remember buying this. This is your segment here about what you bought. So I'm sorry, or what you listened to, so but yeah, I, I remember buying this specifically because that the skull on the cover is so cool.
1: There was one other little interesting well, it's not interesting, just something I remember. So there used to be a kids' show on, and you know, it's like an after school thing that was on every day.
0: Danzig and Danzig and, and kids shows. That's that's something I would never put together. <laughs> does not
1: does not go together. I think it was called Come mm-hmm. On Kids, like an afternoon show at four o'clock in the in the Arvo. And so they used to play songs. I don't know if it was to the to the story that they were doing or that they were oh, covering, no. but they had Soul on Fire was the song that they had played. And wow. I always re- I always remember at the end of the story when it cuts back to the the host and the girl on there. She said that was a bit of Glennie Danzig that had played. Glenny. She doesn't say the name of the song, but she it was. Didn't all...
0: it... She didn't say it was very. She said this is Glenn Danzig.
1: <laughs> no, not Danzig. She said it was very. She said Glennie Glennie Danzig is like. Isn't that cute? But um, it's just something always stuck with me. Uh-huh. That's a of good all the things you could play.
0: Yeah, that's another good one. I like that one a lot.
1: Although, mind you, I wouldn't have um, thought that they would play any of these songs in a in a kids' show sure. <laughs> in the afternoon. Yeah. But no, yeah, Soul on yeah. Fire, that was a, another good song. But End of Time, like you're saying. Yeah, that was oh, man. they're almost all my favorites. I think the weakest two tracks on this, and I don't consider them weak, just the weakest yeah. out of this disc was um the Hunter and, and Evil thing. But other than that, it's, I think
0: it might just be because they're follow they're following such a strong song. End of time is such a strong song. Oh, I was just the Hunter The Hunter to me sounds kinda it, I, when you say a weak song on this album, like you said, it's not weak, but yeah, I kinda that's probably my least favorite is The Hunter, because it's so much different. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like a straightforward rock and roll song by Danzig. So anyway, what else have you been listening to?
1: <laughs> I, so I know that Danzig is one of the things you like. One of the other things oh, yeah. <laughs> that uh, I don't know if you like this, and I really do know whether you do or not. Uh, so for <laughs> some reason, I was like, oh, I want to listen to something just a little harsher. So Uh-oh. I have you ever heard of an album called 1916? <laughs> Oh, you were listening to
0: some Motorhead. Ah,
1: you do know that. So, yeah, I'd never listened to it before. So, and I know I've talked a a little bit about Motorhead to you before. Like, I was into a song here, a song there. And I I don't think I'd ever listened to a full album. So I was like, ah, 1916. I always remember when this came out. So this is back in the early 90s. 90 or 91, Uh, I forget what it was. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'll go back and listen to that. Because I would liken it to what was out at the time. So as far as Maiden was concerned... You know, it was dropping it around um, no prayer and fear. Okay. So I had to okay. listen to that. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. So yeah. this is pretty much all I've listened to now for oh, wow. about the last four days. Really? Uh huh. But in particular, there's one song. And when we spoke, I think it was maybe even Friday when we spoke. I was going to ask you if you could lend me four minutes and 25 seconds of your time.
0: Oh no! To listen to, to a Motorhead song,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I knew you wouldn't do it. I was like, you know, I am not gonna ask you to do it because it would give away what I was gonna talk about tonight. But yeah. this this song make my day. I cannot get it out of my head, and it's all I want to listen to all the time,
0: dude. So you send it to me. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it at least a, a partial. You know, I'll give it at least. A, I'll throw it on there. It's fast.
1: Uh huh. It's fast. It's heavy, and because I know you don't, you are not a fan of Lemmy's vocals. I get that. And yeah. that's so That's probably what would have put me off from listening to Motorhead, you know, back in the day. I just thought they were really, really heavy and his voice was too much for me at the time. It wasn't what I was kind of listening to. But, you know, now as you grow older and that, you know, and I listen to not extreme metal, but some more extreme sort of things with harsher vocals. And I've realised that the harsher vocals, they can serve as a texture to the song, like an added layer. And that's what I consider with Lemmy on this. But this song... It's just raucous. The second half of this, I just can't stop listening to it. Um, so if you can, yeah, I'd say take four minutes, four and a half minutes out your day, go listen to Make My Day. But this has got some awesome songs in it. But it, it finished with a, it's, I guess I could only say it's a little poignant track, 1916. Um, it's all stripped right down, and it's just referring to a couple of kids who had signed up to be soldiers in World War One. And I'm not mm. going to go into it, but it, it's just interesting. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a poem, and I would not okay. have expected um, anything like that out of a band that I thought was so <laughs> kind of out there at the time anyway. But this is uh, so, this is like my metal church. When you went okay. and told me about that, and that's all I could listen to for a while, that's yeah. what this album's turning into for me. And I, I want to go check some other things out. I did go back and listen to their first album after hearing all this, and I, I kind of yeah. liked. I can tell you how early it is, and, and Lemmy's voice really surprised me because he sings in a normal tone back on that first okay. album, which I'd never heard. For this nineteen okay. sixteen, yeah, I've really loved that. So that's my two big. That's interesting. Two big things for the week. So now I, I know go, he. Hmm?
0: Yeah, I, I know he sang with his prior band, I believe Hawkwind. Hawkwind. And I think that I've heard him a little bit of that. And I didn't mind. And I think it was I didn't I was like, well, wow, he's got a pretty decent voice. But, yeah, I've never been a fan of his gruffly stuff. But I I will say this. I do know that he's, you know, I I believe he was a history buff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, he, you know, walking around and wearing a big Nazi star (laughs) on his uh, whatever. But before is that is that where you're going to end your listening part? Or have you have you listen to anything else?
1: Yeah, I listened to the Lost Tracks of Danzig as well. I listened to a good chunk of that, and some of the songs I already heard. but okay. um, I enjoyed that too, but I'll skip that because my two main things really were, were the first Danzig-y album mm-hmm. and uh, and this Motorhead. But So now I just want to go listen to some more Motorhead and, and go off in some other directions and see if it keeps me captured because it's really um, – this one's gotten through to me. There's all these tracks on here, there's only one that I didn't care for – Nighttime, I think it was called Nightmare the Dreamtime. And it's okay. something that just seemed like it was going to try and build, but doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it, yeah. But the rest of the album I thought was awesome.
0: Interesting. That's interesting. Well, go. I want to add one thing to your, uh, because you, last week you mentioned that you were listening to thrashist regime and the lead singer of that band listened to our, recording of last week's episode and he said uh i was gonna read you his comments on twitter okay he said he said it's been a busy week and just getting around to this episode uh cheers to matt for checking out our album and the kind words really really glad you enjoyed it also great song choice metacidal massacre is my personal favorite too thanks Mm. dude Uh, i said i would yeah I told him I would pass that along because I said you, that you were not on Twitter a lot. And he said, thanks. Was a proper, nice surprise to hear him talking it up. I said, I was going to warn you, but I thought it would be better as a surprise. And he said, it definitely was. He said, uh, then Matt said, I have a problem with this band. And I was like, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> it was a good setup. Uh, yeah, I said, when Matt first said it, I thought, man, am I going to have to edit this out? <laughs> but, um. And then he replied. His last thing he said was, "Fortunately, I can deal with lowering someone's productivity."
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, my boss wouldn't have liked that, but that was the truth. That was a really good album. It just it sucked all my uh, my attention yeah. away from work.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I also told him that I didn't tell him about it because me and you both love to give surprises. So true, very true. And I thought if I tell him about it, he'll be expecting it. So
1: yeah, um, it's it's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I've been listening to uh, Damn Yankees, the two Damn Yankees albums, uh, their self titled album. It's which Damn Yankees is a super group that consisted of, if you people don't know, is Jack Blades, the lead singer, bass player for Night Ranger, uh, Tommy Shaw, guitar player, lead singer for Sticks. Uh, and, and both of them bands have more than one lead singer. Uh, and then Ted Nugent, guitar player extraordinaire, and part-time vocalist in Damn Yankees, and then Michael Cartoloni on drums, which he was not well-known. From what I've read, he was the drummer because Tommy Shaw was doing solo stuff, and he was Tommy Shaw's drummer. But he currently is the drummer for Leonard Skinner. But I've been listening to their those two albums, uh, the self-titled album and Don't Tread, which is their second one. Uh, I've still been listening to some Aussie uh, related things. Um, I, today I listened to master of reality by black Sabbath. Uh, I, I was, um, I was in my room doing like folding some clothes or something. And I just got that riff of this one song. It's like, don't, na 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 na, 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 na don't, it's a song called Lord of this world. And I was just like, I got it stuck in my head and I was like, I got to find this and turn it on. So I pulled my phone up and I was like, which album is it? I can't remember. And I, I thought it was master of reality. I pulled it up. I found it. And then I played that song and then I just let the album circle back around. So I listened to that. it has got some really good stuff. It's got sweet leaf on there. It's got, um, uh, children of the grave, uh, after forever. It's a really, it's got some really good songs by Sabbath on there. uh, I listened to uh, No Rest for the Wicked a little bit, l- probably closer to the beginning of the week. And there's a podcast out there uh, called Diary of the Mad Men. It's a, it's a pretty brand new Aussie podcast. They're, they're less than 10 op- episodes in. And it's called Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Aussie Osborne podcast. And it's these two dudes that are just like soup. They remind me of two, if you can picture this, two Nesbits but of Aussie's music. And they're real in-depth, they're both very knowledgeable about it, and they're both just die-hard Aussie fans. And I was a big Aussie fan for a decade, and I still like that decade that I liked. And I've never really ventured far beyond it, because I've tried all of his newer albums and never really given him a lot of a chance. A couple days ago, though, they posted on their Twitter page it was the twentieth anniversary. I was like twentieth anniversary of this album he put out called Down to Earth. It put it out in uh, October of two thousand and one, and and I thought I read something. I thought, man, I, and then I read about it, and I, I saw that Zach Wild played on it. I didn't realize that he played on anything after Osmosis, so I went and pulled the I pulled the song up on um on youtube the first song and i started playing it and it literally got 20 seconds in and i immediately was like i gotta go just download this album because i can tell this is going to be good (laughs) so i ran upstairs and downloaded it got it on my phone um and i listened to that whole album all the way through and um it wasn't as good as i was hoping it was going to be but it was good enough that it made me want to listen more and so this leads me into the second segment. Hey, before you uh, do I-
1: that, can I can I ask you a real newbie kind of question? Yeah, regarding sure.
0: His. I may not be able to answer it, but go ahead. Yeah, and-
1: you probably will. It's, and I don't want to get too off tangents just because I don't know. Like I was a real, real casual listener of Ozzy. Like I said, uh-huh. I bought some of the CDs and some of them I hadn't listened to. But so when he writes his songs, so obviously, you know, he's singing. But sure. what's his involvement with the songwriting process? Is he writing the lyrics? Or does he have To any- my so knowledge?
0: No- yeah, to my knowledge, he he writes the melodies oh, okay. for the songs. Yeah. Like he gets a band and he like say, okay, go back to his original albums with uh Randy Rhodes, mm-hmm. uh, Lee Kerslake, and Bob Daisley. Um Randy, from what I understand, Randy and the band wrote the music now. Ozzy has ideas, but they say Ozzy writes the melodies for the songs. You know the the verses, the chorus, which is very important. Yeah, and usually the lyrics are written by somebody else. In on the Blizzard of Oz, Diary of a Madman, uh, Bark at the Moon; those lyrics were all written by the original bass player, Bob Daisley. Um, Ultimate Sin, can't remember if Bob Daisley wrote lyrics on that one. He might have written on that one, and No Rest for the Wicked. And at a certain point, he—I think—No Rest for the Wicked might have been the last album he wrote lyrics on. And then, of course, when he was in Black Sabbath, Geezer Butler, the bass player, mm-hmm. oddly enough, wrote the, a majority of the lyrics. I mean, there was some that Ozzy writes, but Ozzy's not—you know—if you read Geezer Butler's lyrics and Bob Daisley's lyrics, those guys are <laughs> incredible lyric yeah. writers. So, but yeah, that's—but he's—he comes up with me- me- melodies and which are very important you know you listen to a song and you could have great music but if the if the 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 verses in the song don't have a good li- hook to them at all when you're listening
1: yeah, it's lost
0: So, Matt, why don't you tell me, if you can remember, what time it is right now?
1: It is 1023, which means it's time for some audience participation.
0: (laughs) You got it. All right. Now it's time for a little bit of audience
2: participation.
0: Okay. So, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but I have put two episodes out in the past week. Um one of them was Iron Maiden Stories installment number 28. And the second one was called Iron Maiden Tributes, which is where we talked about the uh, tribute bands that we saw. So first off, I want to thank the people that shared Iron Maiden Stories installment 28. We have Papa Luis in Venezuela. The all-knowing Papa Luis. Maybe I should start the calling top. that
2: Yeah, the I'm all-knowing.
0: Top. Yeah, uh, the Metal Chat podcast with Melissa in Boston, a different Liverpool Scouser, David Laird, uh, Rock and Roll Forever in Colorado, USA, and he's got a on his. You know, I told you in order to find where these people are from, I usually have to click on their page and look on there and mm-hmm. see if it shows, and his picture I don't know what you call it, the little picture on the top of the page you can put. He's got this awesome backdrop of Colorado. To me, it looks like a place called Garden of the Gods a little bit. So here to that. if Mr. Rock and Roll Forever listens to this, please let me know where you live in Colorado. I love going to Colorado. So, um, Matter of fact, this episode you're, that you'll hear today was recorded in Estes Park, Colorado, like I mentioned. Um, if he
1: does come back and confirm, mm-hmm. you should ask if you can get a story as well.
0: Always want stories. We always want a story. So, rock and roll forever. If you have an Iron Maiden story, Matt wants it. So, get it to me. <laughs> Please. Um, yeah. Please. Wayne Shuell, who is at Russell and West Madison streets in, you know, that one city. Um, Nelson Palmer in Newbridge, Ireland. Uh, that one guy we've had before, number six in the village. Uh, Dave in the USA who likes to go on and on talking about KISS with me on Twitter. So I, I really like that because mainly my focus is Iron Maiden. So KISS is another band I love interacting about, even though I don't always have the time. So uh, Jesse, the delivery guy in Illinois, uh, your buddy, Kirsty Prince in Perth, Australia.
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> and last but certainly not least, the Sassanac, In Falkirk, Scotland, UK, our buddy Andy. Now, I had one other episode that I mentioned, Iron Maiden Tributes, and that one was shared by Tobias Beecher. And it had two places listed on his page, so I'll name them both. London, UK, or Bogota, Colombia. Jesse, the delivery guy again in Illinois. John Gross in Pittsburgh, PA. And... There is a city in Texas called Pittsburgh, but it's spelled differently. Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania is with a with G-H at the end, and Pittsburgh here is with a G without the H. So Uh, Papa Luis in Venezuela shared again, and he's my kind of go to guy. You know, he's got the Iron Maiden books out and he's. Anytime I have a question, or anyone, I had someone ask me a question a couple days ago about something, and I just said uh, I have no idea. Maybe Pop, maybe Luis does, and I tag him, and he, of course, he comes back and he has the answer. So
1: he's the man in the know.
0: He certainly is. Uh, George Metal Gods podcast in Connecticut, and he's a he's one of the hosts of the Metal Gods podcast in He's for he lives in Connecticut, but he has the new podcast, Metal Gods podcast. It's a Judas Priest podcast. Another one, I mentioned the Aussie one earlier. This is another one I'm really excited about because I love Judas Priest too. So um, give him a listen. Uh, Dave in the USA again. And last but certainly not least, this week's only scouser in Liverpool, England, David Laird. So there you have it. So thank you all very much for sharing. So Matt, I have one more question for you.
1: What you got? Are you ready to rock? I'm always ready to rock. Then let's
0: rock. You're taking the next song. So, Lightning, lightning strikes. strikes. Yes.
3: Okay. So, go for it. So, I, I'm very, very happy at this point because I've listened to all the songs up to this. And there was a few, eh, you know, they're not quite as good. But I'm thinking, man, this is so much a better album than Bark at the Moon. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, I'm really, really happy. So, coming into this song, another solid rocker with a mid-tempo feel. Um, the main riff by Jake feels a little familiar as in perhaps a little close to a certain train that is not right. same scale as Randy for this one. I do like it, however. It seems hmm. to have a very generic feel to it as many other hair metal bands. I've written riffs very similar to
0: I've never this. even thought about that until, but now that you say that, yeah, I can definitely hear it.
3: Yes. I do like the lighter arpeggios in support of the vocals. It's a good contrast. The drums and bass do do give a great groove with the bass doing very tasteful support of guitar and vocals. Speaking of vocals, good, but not Great. In comparison with the other tunes on the album. The message we'll be rocking all night is just overdone.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit like we rock, we rock, we yeah, rock. Yeah, whatever, it's yeah, it's just
3: uh, it's it's too generic. <laughs> Ozzy's delivery is spot on, however. I will give him that. There doesn't seem to be much of a bridge, but the solo is another fine moment for Jake, with a great bill to a flurry of notes delivered to, to the end. A little too short. We move to the familiar intro riff again, common thing to do in hair metal. The outro is pretty good with the noisy sounds coming from Jake to bring the song to a close and fade out. Six out of 10 it was an okay song not great and i think jake was borrowing a little too much from another artist i'll just leave it at that
0: well when you're borrowing when you're recording with the artist who was the original you can usually borrow a little bit more and even though it's a Randy Riff, <laughs> you don't have to, uh, it's yeah. still an Aussie song, and but I've never really thought about it. But yeah, it's definitely a good point. I, uh, I'm really starting to feel sick right now because this is going to be a two in a row that we're going to really uh, probably agree a bit on. Oh no! Um, uh, this this was one of the singles from the album. Oh really? It yeah. Was? Okay. I'm pretty sure it was, and this is probably my least favorite song. So my my favorite song probably is followed by my least favorite. I don't hate it, though. There's bit, There's good things in it. So um, I said, of course, I guess since it was very similar to uh, Crazy Train, uh, I said it's a killer riff. I said musically and vocally everything sounds good. Uh, even though it's, you know, the vocals are, like you said, it's a little generic, but, but Ozzy still delivers it well. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down the line, Gods of Thunder, sit and watch the event. So I wonder if Gene Simmons was sitting in the background, <laughs> you know, or maybe the Metal God. Rob Halford, you Rob know. Rob Halford, of course. Nah. But um, who, oddly enough, Gene Simmons and Rob Halford both share a birthday, which was just this past week, which wow. I just thought that was pretty cool. A little bit of trivia there. The Metal God and the God of Thunder. God of Thunder, there you yeah. go. Um, I like he says, you know I take no prisoners, my back's to the wall. You know I must be going when destiny calls. Those are pretty cool lines. I like that. Um, I said I like the vocal melodies. I like the pre-chorus. But I don't like the chorus a lot, you know the whole rocking all night to me it's too happy yeah um you know, I can relate to it because I like the idea of rocking all night you know rocking all night it's, it's cool because it's I'm a rocker I've been a rocker since I was young and <laughs> um the one thing I did notice was during the chorus rocking all night, rocking all night till the lightning when the lightning the starts strikes. to apart there's these big flurry of keyboards behind it mmm. You know, and I thought, I missed that. Okay. yeah, I was really, I was expecting you to say that because I, I wrote specifically a lot of keyboards on this particular until the light is like, this is lightning. It's like you, if you listen to it again, you'll definitely catch it. It's just, it, yeah, it, it's yeah, not yeah. throughout though. It's just on that one little part. One little and little it's, part. So it's not quite as a true. It's a little over, it's a little overpowering, but it's real close, but it's not totally it's okay. not like what some of the stuff on like maybe uh, on bark of the moon sound it was that way sure again. Rocking all night, rocking all night the again. I said it's a good song but definitely not one I prefer to hear if I'm like if I'm going to this album and I was gonna listen to just if I had could listen to four songs this is if I could listen to Eight songs. There's nine. Tell you which one I might leave off. Yeah. Um, I said, Jake's playing is good. Um, I like the line, the lightning strikes before you hear the thunder roar. We're becoming the children of the night. So when I think children of the night, I would go, Whitesnake had a really killer song called Children of the Night on their uh, self-titled album with John Sykes, who's another awesome awesome guitar player. And then... I wrote, there's a line, the next line that I wrote down, another verse. Uh, okay, cool. Here we go. More. I'm not apologizing. I am what I am. <laughs> there is no compromising. I don't give a damn. <laughs> and then I wrote, I can relate to these lyrics even more so as an old man. The older you, cause the older, you, the older I get the, I, I have a line from an anthrax song that I quote a lot where it says, I won't walk on eggshells. That's a dance for someone else. I just, and that line right there says it, I, I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to do what I want. And mm-hmm. for the, you know, Um, and then the corny, this is probably the corniest lines on the entire album. Oh no, I've lost control. Here we go. It's only rock and roll. Ooh, yeah, baby. And I'm like, that's terrible. It's just so, it's just so very, very, very of 1986. Hair medley of its time sounds totally stupid. I'm guessing that that's the one lines in the whole song that Ozzy ad-libbed and wrote the lyrics for. Um, the guitar solo again, I like it, but it's too short. Um I like the way he races and I this is the way I wrote it. I wrote this down so you can see. I said he races up the board at the end and the hammer on thing at the end is really cool as hell. Uh, I don't know if you call it a hammer on. Yeah. Um I just think the song is kind of weak overall with the chorus is, yeah. and the that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, like you said it's kind of a a borrowing of of another Aussie song mm. which um you know <laughs> I said the keyboards are pretty prominent in the chorus. Again, uh, this is reminiscent of Randy albums where the solos aren't long enough. And then he gets to play a lot at the end and it's fading. And, yeah. and like you said, there's a lot of cool noises going on mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's, uh, I just don't understand that. It just, it's like, he's got this killer band. He's got Randy Rhodes. He's got Jakey e. Lee, you know, on the first four, right. And they all are similar in that way where they fade out and there's lots of guitar soloing. It's like, why wouldn't you just, I, I don't understand who made that decision. I said that earlier, but I just, anyway, maybe you want to just leave them wanting more. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to end that one as well. Um, I'll probably say, uh, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'd give it a six and a half, maybe, you know, decent. It's, it's, it's decent, but like I said, it's my least favorite on the album. And if that's the least favorite on the album, that says this is a pretty good album. Um, So we are going to song number seven now. Mm -hmm. And this is me to get... I worked this out pretty well. I get to go first on the ones I really... You really like. Yeah. Um, And I wrote another song about a bomb or war. Because Killer of Giants is about... Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the first line. If none of us believe in war, then can you tell me what the weapon's for? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but it's it starts off with a really long especially for this album a good chunk of nice arpeggiated guitar playing that just is very well written very well played, very pleasant to listen to You know and then Ozzy comes in if none of us believe in war he sounds great whatever they're doing to his voice to give it the certain effects
4: if none of us
0: love that there's some keyboard behind it when Jake's playing that stuff for effect sounds really really good mm-hmm. now I have a question for you because I when I was listening earlier when he's singing um he's doing the what if none of us believe in war then can you tell me what's, there's a certain way the guitar sounds it doesn't just sound like an acoustic anymore it sounds a little bit different maybe you didn't catch the, actually I addressed that Okay, good. In, okay, in, in yeah, I want you to address that cuz I was I wrote down the guitar behind him in the verses. And what exactly cuz it's not just normal. It's something a little No, no, I addressed that. And here. I yeah. I know I've heard that before. I just that sound. I just don't really get what it is. But um I'm pretty sure these are Bob Daisley lyrics, but Ozzy you know, he comes up with the melodies. Ozzy sells them so good. Mm-hmm. Like you really believe when you hear these, you think, "Man, Ozzy's a really intelligent well-thought-out, well-spoken guy because of these lyrics and the things he's saying. He sells them so well. So, super, super kudos to Ozzy. He does that, he always does that when he sings stuff. He's just, he's immensely gifted in that area. No when, when when people talk about, well, the only reason Ozzy is anything is because, well, he had Tony Iomi writing the riffs and Geezer Butler writing the, you know, the lyrics... He had Randy writing the riffs and Bob Daisley. He had Jake writing the riffs and Bob Daisley. But you take Ozzy away from Black Sabbath, they probably didn't ever do what they did. It he is a big ingredient too. You know, he's yeah. not just. It's not just totally luck of the draw.
3: No, it,
0: he, he has a lot of yeah. luck. But uh, okay, so um, but he really he he he's underrated because of the stupidity character he plays mm-hmm. and the drugged out, which I don't know how much of that's a put on. I kind of starting to, the older I get, the more I think that he's just a fantastic actor. He's probably a really intelligent guy behind closed doors and he just does it for the camera. Cause he's like, no one will ever ask me questions if I'm, if I'm like this. But anyway, um, the, the band sounds great here. Um, I'm talking. I wrote. This is where I wrote my notes about Ron Nevison and how people said he neutered the sound. I just said the album sounds great. I love Ozzy songs that are in a minor key because his voice lends itself so much better to. If none of us believe in war, then rockin' all night. You know, he 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 sells the minor key very well. He did it with Black Sabbath too. Um, The solo on this song, though, very tasteful. Very well done, and is given plenty of time to, as the guy in the cowbell thing says, explore the space. Mm-hmm. really gets the chance to just go off and play and he, it's very tasteful. The song picks up the pace at the end and you know where he gets to play these really fast riffs. It's not like he's soloing fast. He's just playing just fast and it sounds so cool and then it gets to the stop killer of giants again and he he does a lot of pick sliding too in that fast paced part which I mean, pick sliding is, is pick sliding ever not cool. I mean, there's never really a part in a song where you hear a pick slide and go, man, they shouldn't have done that. (laughs) It always, it always sounds good. But, um, the song ends. I'm sorry. I said this, that I wouldn't do this again. Spinal tap 11 here. Killer. No pun intended. Killer song. Killer, killer song. What do you think? Okay. I think we uh, Uh Uh are pretty clear on Uh where Steve
3: stands on this one. Yeah. Um, So let me give you a different, a little different perspective. Uh, Get out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to start with my controversial comment first. Uh Okay, just sort of get that out of the way. Uh, This is an interesting track, a little out of character from the typical rockers on this album. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Here it comes. I kind of consider this to be Jake's version of Diary of a Madman. Okay. So it has that same type of vibe going on. So it's got the acoustic intro, it's got the chords and the minor key, and then the whole thing. Um, and so it's it's kind of Jake's answers to Randy's Diary of okay. um, it's a Madman. Okay. I guess that's fair, yeah. So... There is an intro that seems to be a progression of his minor in character. At first, I couldn't discern if what I was hearing was a double-track acoustic guitar or a 12-string, perhaps with a 6. Um, after a couple of listens, I decided it must be a double-tracked 6-string. So it's basically two 6-string guitars, right? So they, they have one guitar playing, and they'll have uh, that same line being played, probably by Jake, on top of that first one. okay. I like the arpeggios and the overall mood they convey before Ozzy's vocal entry, and then we drop one of the six strings to be a single guitar, which is very cool. So basically, one guitar drops out, and it's just Ozzy, the bass, and one that with that one six string. So it's that, that, that effect that you hear in the intro. Changes, so it becomes a different kind of mood. This is
0: what mood. I was talking about. Yes,
3: this is what you were talking about. Okay. So you hear that one guitar now when when Ozzy starts to sing, and it sounds more sparse. It sounds very isolated. Okay, okay. which is really awesome. Okay. Yeah. The sparseness of the mix just gives a feeling of isolation that is unique to the album because there's no other moment on the album that reflects this prior to this point. Jake did an outstanding job here. Um, Ozzy does not disappoint with the lyrics about nuclear war and, and its futility. I do know that when this album was made, there was a great controversy with nuclear weapons in Europe and so forth. I'm sure this song has something to do with that. In addition to the other song in the album, "Thank God for the Bomb." Yeah. I do have to say that the keyboards are a little obtrusive here and are too strong in the mix. Mm,
2: okay.
3: I don't like. I, I, okay, okay, so what what happens is you have. The acoustic guitars, they they're playing the arpeggios, and you have this keyboard that kind of sits back in the mix and playing this these these chords that are just like whole tone or uh, whole notes in nature. So they'll be they'll be doing that, and it just takes away a little bit from what the guitars are doing. And when especially when Ozzy begins to sing and doing that that whole mix, it when the when the keyboard comes in, it robs the mood. That's just my view. Okay. Um, <clears throat> In fact, this is the only song on the album that I think the keyboards are not right. Most of the other things, they're they're appropriately placed. And then I'll have to listen again to that song you mentioned before yeah. to, to really judge that. But everything else seems to be okay. They're putting the right place. Now, unlike Bark at the Moon, the Bark at Moon was a complete nightmare when it came to keyboards. Absolutely horrible. This album puts them in the right place most of the time. But I think on this section. It, they were too strong in the mix. Okay. Sadly, it looks like they have made a reappearance from, from Bark of the Moon to muddle things without reason. Okay.
0: We'll I disagree on that part. We'll okay. disagree.
3: That's fine. I think that just having guitar with Ozzy would have been a much better arrangement. When the song kicks into high gear with Jake's playing electric, it really works. It's just beautiful. I love the riff and how it parallels the vocals with the message that Ozzy delivers. Okay, so you have this thing where the guitar is playing the riff. Da-da-da-da. And Ozzy's kind of, kind of reflecting that same type of tonality coming That's, in. Yeah. That's and his he, trademark. So there's, yeah. a, there's a parallel thing going on between the two. Yeah. There was a lot of thought put into that section. The next verse has a has a lot of varied tones from Jake that works very well with the arpeggios delivered by the acoustic guitar. Just acoustic guitar that just elevate that that section, contribute to building the song. So okay, so you have this contrast, right? So you have the electric guitar comes in, there's the real pounding thing. And, uh, and Ozzy sings on, you know, they do the parallel. And then when the verse comes back in, the electric pulls back and you have the acoustic just doing the arpeggios real lightly and just doing it on top. It's just beautiful. Okay. Because the dynamics work. So you have the really pounding section. It comes back in with the, the verses and then you just have the acoustic guitar playing and then you have these these the, the, the chord tones on top of that. Oh, it's just beautiful. Just absolutely really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, okay, with the very tones, with the magic that uh, by the acoustic guitar, just elevate that section, contribute to the build of the song. Another cool acoustic moment gives a prelude to a very tasteful solo by Jake that is not, it just has a certain magic that is melodic, while at the same time not too busy. It fits well with the song. Yeah. Okay. And the way that he comes in, the way that the acoustic guitar kind of provides that intro for it, and then he builds and builds and builds, and he's given sufficient time to do it, which is another key key element.
0: For once.
3: <laughs> yes, for once, and you're listening, and it just takes you yes. takes you over, and and uh, Jake just yeah, I, I I can't say enough good about that. What follows is a sinister section that I did not expect, that just puts a song over the top, where the guitar and bass just fall together into an awesome progression that is jaw dropping. Both Jake and Phil really outdo themselves here. And I believe it is not, I believe it or not, it has a keyboard addition that for once does not intrude but makes a section better. One of the few times I'll say that. One of the very few times. Very few. Um, I love the playing by Phil where he really nails the interplay with Jake with lots of precision for the faster notes. Okay, so he has, um, there was a word I was searching for that I couldn't remember, but uh, articulation, that's the word. So he he comes in and is very articulate with the way he sounds with with Jake. So Jake just you know that's a given that he does he plays very well. But listening to what Phil does, he proves that he almost has a getty Lee type of approach to bass okay. and hitting notes very crisp, very much on time, and it sounds like it was nailed okay. very very quickly between those two. And I love the way that that sinister section just kind of plays out and has that that moodiness. Associated with it yeah. on top of it in between the bass and the guitar. Oh, it's just it's it's awesome. Um okay, very well done. We end with one last chorus and the acoustic guitar making one last appearance to bring the song to a close. Probably the best song on the album, nine out of ten. Oh that's wow. that's, that's sort of how I see it. Now, <clears throat> let me let me say this. I like this song. It's the it's the best song I think Jake, one of the best songs he's written. Now I think Bark at the Moon is. You probably, said that, yeah. Yeah, it's probably his best. Yeah, this song is pretty close to the top for him. Yeah, in my view. However, in comparison, now I, I said it's basically Jake's um, Diary of a Madman." Okay, Randy's Diary of a Madman" is is much better, much more iconic, and, and the way that Randy approaches this kind of song, I think is much more sophisticated.
0: And uh, well, he's a different kind of. It's a player, different kind of player. Different kind of.
3: Now, given a choice between these two guys. On these two times of songs, I would definitely choose "Diary of a Madman." However, this song is very strong, and I think for Jake, it's just beautiful, just beautiful. Um, and I don't know how much. I guess I'm guessing he wrote most of the music in this this particular I'm sure track. Did. I'm sure he did. He, he wrote most of it, and I don't know how much Phil provided, or any other guys. But it's just, yeah, it's it's very very well done.
0: Well, when you first started out and acted like it was going to be something detrimental that you were going to say. And then you go, well, this is his Diary of a Madman. I'm like, well, how can that be a bad thing? I mean, that doesn't bother me at all because I'm like, you're saying that the song that i previously said was the best thing Ozzy's ever done. This is similar to that. Okay. That's a, that's definitely good. And yeah, I didn't know how you respond to that. So I wasn't sure that you... No, would, I didn't. I, didn't yeah. I just thought, but when you said that, I just thought, well, I, that doesn't upset me. Okay. And in and, and between the two, I agree with you. I mean, Diary of a Madman, I prefer it. It's just because I and the biggest difference is, and I don't really know Jake's background as well because he didn't die after two years, but because of Randy being dead, you've heard so much more about him and his classical training, so Diver Madman has that real classical element to it, yes, which is really what makes the biggest difference, yes, I think, but yes. either way, both of those songs are man i I love both of them i love both. they're both songs. really good songs, yeah. And I love the way of
3: a Madman" starts, and the progression is I love absolute it. genius. It's perfect, absolute man. genius.
0: They're both perfect um, songs, really. I mean, yeah. I like. I could. I'm not going to argue if you played either one of them. <laughs> you know.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's
0: it's. I still play Diary of a Madman" to this day. And speaking of, you know, since we're going to go to the next song, it's really very fitting that the next song you get to take because I feel like this song was probably written for a fool like you.
3: <laughs> I was waiting for that build to the climax. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I, I kind of figured that's where it was going.
0: I've even got a good line from the song directly that I'm going to say he must have been wrote for you. <laughs> go I ahead. He That's ahead. right, exactly.
3: All right, so. Wow. All right, this next song. I don't know how to. Okay, so this one threw me. I was like, everything that I listened to so far in this album, good stuff. Okay. Solid material. Well, you know, with the possible exception of, you
2: know,
3: uh, of of what we had talked about before. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I don't know if Steve caught this, but anyway, the intro seems to be Jake playing high harmonics. Now, I, I don't know if you know what that means, but anyway, high harmonics to play a melody that is a, for lack of a better phrase. A total rip off of another song, total rip off. What song are you talking about? I I was just amazed because it was. I was listening to it and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's that song." And it, I, I had to listen to it a couple times to be sure that I was hearing what I was hearing. Yeah. So I'm going to throw this back to you for a moment. Okay. And I'm going to
0: ask you what you think. No idea. I'm listening. You have no idea. I'm doing it in my head. I was. I mean, I'm looking at my notes, going. Whatever he's talking about, I love it. <laughs> I love them. I don't think you do. But anyway. I love the high pitch. Well, I like what he does there. I like the like, high the pitch. High thing. pitch it sounds the high pitch, cool. the, the high
3: harmonics. You know, okay. Um, <laughs> so it's a total ripoff of a song by Santana Black Magic Woman. on the notes just jump out as that song from the 70s. I okay. have no idea why. Yeah. Very funny. I'm not sure if it's deliberate? Yeah. Or just something they try to pass off as original. And I put in parentheses, I hope that's the former.
0: Yeah, who do they think they are, Led Zeppelin? They <laughs> just steal everybody's music steal and everybody take it music. as their own? Yeah, right. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't I'm familiar with that song like I can hear Got a black magic woman, but I have no idea. No,
3: no, it. but the intro, the guitar I don't even intro, really, yeah, because I don't the really guitar even. intro is a it's a yeah. exact copy.
0: Interesting. I will have to check that out.
3: Once that is done, we thankfully get to the main riff, which is pretty standard fare for the time. Yeah, nothing too groundbreaking here, but delivered well by Jake. Ozzy's vocals are not much better than this. Uh, the main melody is not bad. I like it, despite it not being the best. The bass playing really does shine, however, especially in the chorus. The bridge is cool with Jake playing some stellar lines before the solo. I really like that but I think that's the best part of the song. Right before the solo he does a, just this thing where it's like boom, 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 boom. You know, It's really cool.
2: Okay.
3: Um, the solo itself is well done with blistering ending as he's well known for. Thankfully we do not revisit the intro riff. That's good. Uh, we return to the chorus for an outro solo from Jake that is melodic as we fade out. I almost want to say this is an album filler, but that is probably not fair. It's a decent song that could have used a little more work in writing. Five out of ten.
0: Okay. Uh I like the I like the thing he does here better than however it's gonna sound on Santana, because I don't like Santana, but um, I admit that, you know, he has talent, obviously. That's- I just He's just not my thing. Uh, I have no idea what that sounds like, so I will listen to that. Um, I, I like. I think it sounds really cool. Just that, and it's like, like how it keeps playing with a chugging guitar behind it. Quit! Act, I don't care about Santana. This is about Ozzy.
3: The fact that you know that melody on your on the top of your head. No,
0: I, but I only know it from Ozzy. I've never heard it before from Santana. Okay, I, it's I've just funny put that you together. know it. But, yeah. but I also didn't put together. Uh, um, lightning Strikes and Crazy Train either so yeah, yeah. I mean we, it's not very uh, it's pretty everyone knows I'm not that smart <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that the way that no. and, then, and then while he's doing that you still hear that behind it it's cool sounding it. I'm yeah, not it arguing cool. that it cool um,
2: yeah.
0: the riff of the song like you said the riff uh, you know Dun, 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 dun It's just it's 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 just you know it's a cool riff, but it's you know but it's nothing spectacular for what Jake's given on this album already. Sure. Um. There is a line in this song that I absolutely love, and I it, the joke for me was I was going to say to you is I couldn't give a damn or two about a fool like you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That line in the song I've always loved it because I can relate to it a lot. It's it's a, that's like a defining line that make that just resonates in my head about the way I feel about people a lot. I couldn't give a damn or two about you. I could mm-hmm. care less. But something my wife absolutely hates yeah, exactly. when I say, sure. I could care less. Mm-hmm. And but that line just it's a defining it's just a very definitive um uh, uh what's the uh the attitude, oh god, I can't even, I'm blanking out. Uh, <laughs> just, just being a rebel, sure, you know, sure, real, not re- caring, that kind really of really rebellious. Yeah, and that's yeah. okay. and that's just music like this, lyrics like this defined was a really was really defining in my adolescence. Um, okay. I said, I think I got a lot of my attitude in life from Ozzy, makes sense, which is a good, he was a good and a bad influence on me, and I like it. <laughs> um, he was a very influential voice when I was a teenager, for sure. Um, some here's some here's some lines I wrote down. Uh, you think you know it, you think you know it all, but you don't even have a clue. And control is still in view for a fool like you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: is there a reason for the way that you are, or does it just come naturally to have an idiosyncrasy and be a fool like you? You're hearing what, and th- and this these are lyrics that I just kind of kind of they kind of go with things that I thought as a that, that defined probably some of my world views in general you're hearing what you want to hear because back then you know I was always judged you're going to hell for this that you're hearing what you want to hear misunderstanding all you see <laughs> an attitude in all of us is yeah. it really you and me you know I think that's really right. cool okay uh, the bridge the pace picks up at the bridge during the bridge of the song. Not too much, but uh, get more tasteful playing from Jake. Um, I love when he comes out of the solo. You know, that's really cool. Um, It's a cool musical interlude that takes us to the verses. Uh, You've been found guilty, committed every crime, but still they say you must go free. Looks like haunted I will be by a fool like you. when i wrote that i said that sounds like the story of life really um no matter where you are in life you're going to be haunted by a fool somehow you know there's always somewhere mm-hmm. every job you ever have in life mm-hmm. every position you ever have in life you know because you know how you get off on a little here we, here we go philosophical ben from Steve. Yeah, okay. i don't get philosophical very <laughs> often but Music's where I get. My wife always tells me, "She's like, you act like you're the biggest idiot in the world, but you listen to these this music that has thought provoking lyrics and deep lyrics and all that." But every you've you've had a few jobs in life. I've had a, you know quite a few jobs in life. But every job you go to, you like you think, man, I can't wait to not be at this job to get away from that fool, right? Sure. But then you go to the next job, and that's that fool's there. He's just in a different body. He's a different person. Sure. It's, yeah. it's a continuous cycle in life. There's always a fool there. And so I thought about that. It's like, looks like haunted. I'll be by a fool like you, <laughs> a fool like you, not you, but yeah. a fool like, like you. you. Yeah. And I thought that's really a very insightful statement, even though it's not meant to be. And it's in a song that's yeah somewhat forgettable. Um, And then he just says, by a fool like you, by a fool like you, looks like haunted I will be by a fool like you. And, you know, the song plays out with what? More Jake soloing at the end. (laughs) uh, Nobody's arguing with that. The thing that we want more of on the album. More Jake soloing, but we don't, you know, you get the fade. Um, And that's one of the biggest downfalls of this album as, as a whole. Not enough Jake. There's a lot of Jake. But we, there's a lot that they could have added to. So. Sure. But yeah, for me, that's another song. Uh, I like it. I don't hate it. I like. So, there's a lot of lyrical stuff on there just that, that I just identify with because I'm, you know, an idiot. But um, we'll go to the album closer now, which I get to take first again. Go for it. Shot in the Dark. And this song is also afterwards. After we review it, I have a... Uh, we're gonna have a little a, a different segment that has been a common thread on the first three Aussie episodes we've done so far. Yeah. Um, this is another single that was a front release from the album. Um, it starts off with some drums, a little bit of keyboard, but you hear Jake just almost <clears throat> not loud enough in the mix doing that. Oh,
4: wait, oh, wait, uh, nah, that little
0: guitar thing doing on mm-hmm. it almost sounds like a it almost sounds like a keyboard. Um, but the riff that he comes in with is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really love it. It's crisp again. Um, everything sounds perfect going at, because, you know, when it boom, boun, oh, the bass is pretty prominent in there. The drums sound good. Um, Ozzy, again, given his consistent, inebriated, and drug induced life he was living, sounds incredible. when he's singing the verses and there's a nice little arpeggiated stuff he's doing underneath the rip the, the verses that's okay. really cool um, the verses are good the pre-chorus is good the chorus is good uh, I just wish these songs were longer um, I love the chorus you know a, a shot in the dark and they say one step away and, he's, mm-hmm. and his voices is double triple trap whatever tracked whatever it is sounds really really cool Solo, this sounds like every other solo that I wrote. Starts innocently enough, and then Jake gets going, (laughs) (laughs) you know. And I just wrote, He's got to be one of my favorite players. He just, I love that he's tasteful. He can go, he can do a lot on guitar, but he can do it in a tasteful way that sounds planned out. It doesn't just sound like a certain other guitar player that I named early who just vomits out notes all over the, all over the. Now, Steve. album fades out mm-hmm. with this song and at the very very when, if you cranked it all the way up at the very end you just hear jake do this like,
4: ooh, ooh, ooh,
0: just a little thing on, and, and then the, that's the last thing you hear and i'm like the the perfect imperfect ending you know it could have been nicer if it would have been turned up louder and then they could have done a proper ending sure but <clears throat> i think this is a really really good song
2: okay
0: I would probably give it an eight or a nine. I love it too. So it's, it's a very enjoyable song to listen to. So I'll stop my album review there as far as, cause I have more to say about this song here momentarily, but what do you think about the song shot in the dark?
3: Okay. Um, I'll, I'll begin it with a, a statement of sacrilege, probably for you, Steve. Um, this song confused me years ago when I heard it. So this is when I was a, 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 a younger lad, Listening to rock music back in the day.
0: That had to be a long time long ago. Long time ago, you know, <laughs>
3: when there was dinosaurs uh, roaming the earth.
0: Uh, to quote Iron Maiden, it was back, in a day when dinosaurs ruled the earth. <laughs> in a day when dinosaurs walked the
4: earth. Okay, go
0: ahead. Um, the Iron Maiden fans know what I'm making fun of, so. <laughs> of course. So I, I
3: had heard lots of, uh, of Randy with Ozzy, and, you know, I, I wasn't familiar with, at that time anyway. Uh, which guitarist played with Ozzy, you know, the, the, the whole lineage. Yeah. And so there was a lot of confusion on my part about who did what. I eventually learned that Brandy did, you know, Crazy Train and, and, and you know, the other songs and so forth. Uh, but this song confused me. So when I heard it, I thought it was a Zach song. Okay. So I, I was... Is that the sacrilege part? Yeah, that's the sacrilege. <laughs> well, I thought it was Zach Wilde actually played this. Um, he did played on a live it. album. Okay, that's probably true. Yeah. But, you know, the one you hear the studio version on the radio, I thought, oh, that's a sax song.
2: Okay.
3: Um, I'm pleased to say that I'm now corrected. (laughs) Uh, I know this one required a weird tuning for some reason, but I can't recall why. So it has this weird, I don't know if they're tuning up or something. Yeah. This is a song I'm most familiar with, as I have heard it many times on the radio. The intro is well done with the drums and bass kicking things off, although it seems to be a 1-4 chord progression. The guitar does this thing where Jake taps a harmonic and then uses the bar to move the pitch up and down. So he hits this thing goes so he hits a note and goes,
1: mm, okay. and it
3: rises in pitch as he pulls the bar and then he comes back down again. Uh, very innovative and very Van Halen-like. Um, the main riff then comes in which just grabs you and establishes the feel of the song. Mid-tempo rocker once again, but with a melancholy edge. I feel like this song, it's it does something that the other songs failed to do in the sense that it's it rocks but it has this this thing where it's almost um, balladish in the way that the, the delivery comes across. And it, it puts you in a mood that I think the other songs don't do. Uh-huh. It's not just a, an up-tempo rocker thing, but it's, it has a message. And it, it, uh, it's very effective at, at pulling you in and grabbing you to, to listen further. Mm-hmm. Um, Ozzy comes in with an inspired melody that Jake reverts to playing soft arpeggios. Where the dynamic of the song drops to a quieter level. So he starts off, and the, the verse is um, is a series of of where he it's just Ozzy and and uh, Jake playing the, the salt arpeggios, and then in the middle of the verse um, is where Jake kicks it off again with the big rhythm on the guitar. Okay, so this makes the lyrics pops with the listener engaged with Ozzy's singing. So you know you 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 hear the, the vocals much more clearly and they stand out. Mm-hmm. The electric guitar comes in mid-verse, it causes the song to open up and emphasize the vocals, very well done, um, and gives me goosebumps. I love that sound and the way that, it, that he comes in in that middle of the verse, it's just so effective. The chorus is a beautiful melody and just is, is just perfect with the music played against it. Jake plays with Ozzy and just seems to follow the pitch of the song words to great effect. After another set of intro riffs, we go to another verse with the same effect to another chorus. The section before the solo has Jake playing notes that are bent down to pitch. It sounds very cool with following the chord change. It goes, da-da, da-da, da and he does that. It's so cool. Um, <clears throat> and then the solo follows, which just tastefully fits the mood of the song, with a tremolo pick finish. One of Jake's best solos. Okay. Uh, we next move to the last chorus and into the outro before the fade out. If there's anything that disappointed me with the song is that they could have done more with the ending instead of doing a conventional type of fade out. You could have used another moving solo from from Jake, at least in my view. This is the catchiest song on the album. Very well done. I I do wish that um, they had more of like an extended version of the song where Jake could have
0: could have. So come many in. songs we wish you know, they would
3: have done that. <laughs> I think especially on this one, I think it
0: would have worked really really well. Um, I want to point something out. Go ahead because you talked about how much different this song seemed from everything else on the album. Yes. And, um, I'll add this and then I'll save the rest for in a minute here, but every other song on this album, the, the songwriting credits are as follows. Every other song on the album, Bob Daisley, Jakey Lee, and naturally because he did the melodies Mm Aussie, this song the songwriting credit. There obvious there were no Bob Daisley lyrics on this song, apparently. It was written by Phil Susan or Susan and Ozzy. So Okay. And do you have anything else to say about the song before we move on? Um Your ranking or whatever? I think this song
3: I don't think it's the strongest on the album. I think it's really it's close to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's it, it I understand why they released it as a single. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's very clear why they did that. Um, and I was not aware, of the fact that um, it was written in a different way than the other songs were on the album. Yeah. And there's a, a massive uh, consternation between the various people on it. But,
0: um, yeah, that's pretty much my okay. kind of assessment. Okay. And so this is where I was going to talk about Randy, Jake and Zach, but mm-hmm. we've already kind of got through that. So now it's time for the segment that we have in every Aussie episode. Aussie's controversy corner. <laughs> Cause what review of an Aussie album would be complete without the controversy of the day? Sure. Why obviously, not. obviously. Why so, and speaking of the song we just talked about hmm. shot in the dark written by Phil, Susan and Aussie Osborne. At least that's what's listed on the album. Um, Phil Soussan was in a band a few years before this called Wildlife. Wildlife. Uh, he was the main. The other. There's one other prominent member you would have heard of uh, named Simon Kirk, who went on to be with Bad Company. Um, but Phil Soussan came from Wildlife. This is a song that they demoed. Maybe if I can have my good amount of time, I can actually pull the demo up and play a little bit of it here so people can hear it. But it's definitely, from what I remember, I've only heard it once or twice. It's very, rem- there's certain bits of the song that you know, there's no mistaking where they, that this song was something. I did find a recording of this song, and what it says on the description is that this song was recorded by the BBC in 1983 for Radio 1's Tommy Vance Show.
4: Gathering clouds and at the feel of a drum
0: They never released this song back in the day, but when he got into Ozzy's band, it was supposedly reworked by Phil and Ozzy, which I'm sure Phil was there, and he probably was like, dude, I've got this song. And or maybe he was playing with it and Ozzy heard it or Sharon heard it while Ozzy was passed out on the couch or something. And she's like, wait, you need to play that for Ozzy. Um, no one no one got credit for the song, other than Phil. You know, none of the guys from the wildlife, which has been very controversial, you know, they wonder. Have you ever? Does this? This is what I wrote. I said, uh, no one was ever given credit from the band Wildlife. I'm sure this is shocking, you know, that they wouldn't give credit to where it was due. Sure. You know, cue Bob Daisley and, um, oh, God, uh, um, Lee Kerslake. Okay. You know, from, from the Blizzard days of songwriting credits and not getting credits. Um, they don't include this song on any compilations anymore because apparently there was some type of lawsuit that happened or something. I don't know that I can't, I don't remember the details of it and I didn't take the time to really, I didn't want to go too much into it. Mm -hmm. Um, This was the first song of Ozzy's ever to to hit the billboard hot 100. Um, Ozzy has stated that he hates this album, which really, like I said earlier, that really baffles me because it's got to have something, unless it has something to do with image, it has something to, there's got to be something I would love. I think if I could ask Ozzy one question, that's one thing I would really like to know. It's why. Why? And get a real honest answer. And I just don't think you'll ever get that. Um, maybe it's in his book or something. Maybe it's in one of his books. Maybe somebody listening to this has heard this or read why. I would be really curious to hear why. In um, years later, the ultimate sin was not re-released in 90 whatever, whenever they really issued stuff. Um, there was a live EP that I was telling you about where the one you might've gotten confused with why you thought, um, Zach played it mm-hmm. called just say Ozzy, which was a really good EP it had no rest for the wicked era stuff. And it had geezer Butler had returned and he was playing with Ozzy on that tour. So they did war pigs, which was really cool. Um, but it said when I was reading this, and this is from Wikipedia, so I'm, I've am i never heard this before, so it really blew my mind when I read this. It said, The Ultimate Sin and the um, Just Say Aussie EP were both officially deleted from Aussie's catalog in 2002. And I'm like, A, how do you delete an album that you recorded from your catalog, an album that you probably toured for a year, all over the world, is... It's insane. very strange. It's insanity. Yes. I'm I'm like, what, what is, there's obviously something really weird with that camp, you know, at at random times. Yes. Phenomenal music has come from that camp since early seventies, you know, and going to whenever you want to say that phenomenal music ended, which for me probably is about three more albums down the road, which was the osmosis. Mm -hmm. Um, it confuses me. I don't understand. I love this album. I love I mean, do I love it more than Blizzard of Oz and Diary of Man? I mean, that's hard to say because those albums both have all four to me at this point, I'm all four of these albums have incredible music on them. All four of these albums have incredible songs. So Okay,
3: but but given how would you compare it with Bark at the Moon? Would you give it better production, or
0: less? Production is better. Um Okay, I'm ready to give my closing statement here because I just looked down at one. I have one too, but go ahead. Overall, I'd say I really love this album. I probably like Bark at the Moon better. But I think a big reason is that Jake doesn't really get to play solo, the long solos, the album suffered for that on this album. I feel like, I think the songs are great on that album. That's a very big album for me, you know. Bark the Moon. I know you don't like You're No Different. I love You're No Different. It lyrically really does something for me. Rock and Roll Rebel, Waiting for Darkness. I love, I love both of the albums. I really, really do. Sonically, this album destroys Bark the Moon. But I love both of them, but I think I prefer Bark the Moon a little better, but I love both of them. So, um, But oh, my closing statement is, I love this album. Okay. What about you? All right. I like this album too. I hate when you start with,
4: all right.
3: (laughs) I like this album. I think it's, let me just say this. I want to be brutally honest. Okay. I like this album much better than Bark at the Moon. That's not surprising. Since it seems that the stupid keyboard is kept to a minimum. Thank God. And Jake is allowed to do what he does best. This is the album I wanted Bark at the Moon to be.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: Okay, I understand that.
3: Um and this is in spite of the fact that it it's less well known than Bark at the Moon. It seems much more a solid overall effort and and what Bark at the Moon should have been more inconsistently. I disagree with Ozzy on this being his worst solo album. It is not. Good Lord, no. Um I I really think based on what I'm hearing on these two albums, Jake really came through. And, and it really he really proved himself to be the guitarist that it really is on this album real talented and, and really talented and so <clears> forth. <throat> I still think Randy's better but Jake does does what he does really he, he really does and I, I don't know really honestly you were able to rank the guitarists between Zach, Randy and, and Jake. Um, obviously I, b- I believe Randy's the best but between Zach and Jake, I don't know if I can judge that it's it's hard for me to between those two guys to say which one I think is, is more talented or, or, or writes better songs. Um, I love all three of them. And I do love all three as well. I, I think Jake brings a, a unique formula to Ozzy's to music. I do say this, that with Jake, you're going to get very conventional, very straight ahead um, types of songs that are solid rockers. You're not going to get a lot of innovation. You're not going to get, you know, like what Randy would do. But you're going to get really good, solid songwriting in a very in, in a way that uh, I think works very well with what Ozzy does. Okay, and I will put it out there that way. Zach, on the other hand, kind of continued where Jake left off, but he had some other elements that I think he threw with Ozzy that that Jake did not do. That I think were good is
0: good. Um, so they're all exceptional. Here, here's where you're. Here's where not that your argument is flawed, but here's something you might not be thinking about is it's always harder when you're following the one who did the innovating first. Mm-hmm. Because you're always it's <clears throat> it's and this is not really a fair comparison because these guys are way different. But B- Blaze Bailey following Bruce Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved Randy Rhodes. And you're, and, and it was it was different because Randy Rhodes died, so that was different from what with Bruce. But when you're following the icon, the legend, the the one that people, the, the Bruce put Iron Maiden on. Uh, they were on a track to go on the map, but he put them big time on the map, and that's yeah. what Randy did. Yeah. So Jake, a Jake came into a situation where Randy had died tragically yes horrible way to come in right b he had what was that thing we were talking about from seinfeld or he had no hand he was coming in and into a big situation even though i think he was playing with kind of well-known bands at least for a smaller level bands but he came in and he's probably he was going to be more of a yes man at that point well what do y'all want me to do Sure. What do y'all need me to do? Right. I know I'm coming into a situation where this guy just died and and so I think he had he really didn't get to you to use his full abilities and talents on that album the way he got to do it on the next album. And then so by the time Zach comes along, Jake has developed that to be this is the way it needs to happen again. The guitar player does need to have a lot more input and 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 be allowed to stretch further, which gets... I can't wait to do No Rest for the Wicked because it goes way beyond. Zach goes way beyond with solos and things that Jake or Randy got to do. Like, it was almost like... And they used to say when Zach came along that he was... I don't want to say this I can't remember it because it's been a long time, but not like the second coming of Randy Rhodes, mm-hmm. but he was he reminded Ozzy a lot of Randy because of the way he played, because he was a Randy disciple. He loved Randy Rhodes. And, so yes, and it's funny you know, di-
3: with different interviews that Zach did. Zach acknowledged, he oh, said yeah. there there is no comparison to Randy. Saint Randy was yeah. was was the, the pinnacle of all of us and Zach acknowledged it he said hey this is how it works oh, yeah. okay and he was even i think through throwing in with Jake at that point um and so there was there was that understanding this was the case and and so Zach came in and he 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 had an appreciation for what Randy did and I, I don't know what honestly I haven't read any interviews where Jake addressed that directly I don't
0: think Jake had time he may not have had really, time because there was some element of truth yeah. there's
3: some some element of truth to that I wish Jake would be a little more like on the souls and the albums, he was a little too formulaic, you know, coming in with the, the slow thing and coming back. And there, I think there are different ways you can approach a solo that still makes it just as effective. And with, with that, without always following that, that same type of thing, having said that what he did play was exceptional and, and just, there, there's no way that I could argue with it. And so I did not like bark at the moon. Um, I, there were it's 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 a hit or miss. It's a hodgepodge of of different songs. I'm aware. So there I'm were aware. some some really good songs, some horrible songs. This album really did make make convince me that Jake was was the guitarist that uh, really fit with Ozzy. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I, I and honestly I don't understand why Jake was he fired. Why did he walk away? It was it a, a contractual thing. I I don't know what happened there. But it, but but Zach came in. Yeah. And when he came in, he did awesome stuff with Aussie as well. And so I see them as kind of like a, uh, a menagerie of different types of of, of, of yeah. art, right? One guy did it kind of this way, this guy did it, and they're all just awesome, you know. And it's just just yeah. different grades of what you think is better than others.
0: The whole thing with 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 uh, Jake getting fired. I mean, the way I've heard it is he literally had this great relationship with Sharon and all this. And then one day he just gets a call and says, you're fired. It was like, really, he was almost kind of like out of the blue. So, which we'll, maybe we can go into that more when we do the next one. We can kind of yeah. take yeah, it That's definitely it true. So we could explore that whole thing. Yeah. But it was, it was, I'll just, uh, we've, I know we've been going on a long time, um, but I'm pleased. I like the album. You like the album. It's, I'm glad you, I'm glad to hear your opinions about Jake are different on this than you did last time. So, Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Anytime. And I'm here to spread the hate at any, maybe, any point. Maybe in, in another the six months, we'll get no rest for the wicked in. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Look forward to it. Yes, Thanks, sir. Steve. Cheers.
0: So, here we are. It's September 5th. We recorded this episode about... A little over a week ago now, or less than a week ago? Well, it was Monday night. So it would have been... Yeah, Monday night. It's currently Sunday night. And when we recorded, we were in Colorado. We We had to leave the next morning. So when we got to the end, we didn't end up finishing our rankings. We didn't rank the songs one through nine, and... Because this episode's coming out now, we're gonna record it and do it because we were in a hurry. I was in a hurry, and frankly, if you just listen to all of that, you could probably understand I was sick of listening to Mark. I mean, come on. <laughs> but I have Mark here with me. Um, so, so apparently, you didn't learn your lesson. So here I am again. So I don't know how this you works. know, it's 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 um li- like I said, every time I talk to you, at the end I always go, "I'll never know why." <laughs> exactly. Yes. But um. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so what we're gonna do is we're going to rank the songs uh, from least favorite or you know lowest to highest because I don't really hate anything on this album. I like everything, but there's obviously some that you like better than others. So we're gonna go from number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. No- just to- had to do it, did you, Steve? You yeah, just just, had to just do it. for you, just okay. for you. Yes. From number nine to number one. So. I guess. Uh, do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? I care not. Okay. Go ahead. We'll I go will first. go first. My right. number nine. So I guess if I, if it's my number nine, it's going to have to be my least favorite song on the album. Beak. Oh man, I really wanted to do number eight before I did number nine because uh, okay, I'm going to do number eight and number nine. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, I will do two of them because they they're tied together. Because on this album, there's two songs in particular that. That really, if I was going to call it the bottom of the barrel, that they're the bottom of the barrel songs. And and you probably know which ones I'm talking about because the chorus is on both of them. Uh-huh. So these two songs are, are never know why and lightning strikes. And I was having to put them in order and I thought, okay, you got, we rock, rock, rock. And you've got rocking all night, rocking all night. And I was like, okay, so which one's worse? And I took a couple things into consideration. I was like, okay, one of them has a, what you referred to as maybe not the exact wording, but a recycled riff Uh uh, in lightning strikes. Um, it lightning strikes also has the line. Oh no, I've lost control. Here we go. It's only rock and roll. So because of that, I put lightning strikes as my bottom, my number nine and my number eight is Never know why, and both of those are down there. I, I really like, you know, the way Never Know Why starts. It's got a pretty cool beginning, um, uh-huh. but you know, something's got to be down there. So my eight and nine are Never Know Why and Lightning Strikes. So what are your number eight and number nine? You can go however say it however you like.
3: Okay, so number nine is Fool Like You, and number eight is Thank God for the Bomb. There's a long pause there as, uh, as apparently Steve is recovering from this uh, assessment.
0: Oh, so. hold on! I'm trying to wait for my blood pressure to come back down <laughs> before I before I say anything. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> those are actually the the worst two songs. I I
3: don't know Steve where you get your your idea about those other two. Th- these are actually the worst two songs on the album. Just saying.
0: Well, coming from a Oz, and you said thank God for the bomb at number eight.
3: Yes. Oh my gosh! Oh my it's, gosh! It's just okay. not the fool okay. like you. I think is the worst song on the album. Honestly, just it's a filler song and has no. Oh my! Real, oh there's wow! There's nothing in it. Then the song. I mean, other than the the bridge before the solo, there's mm. really nothing in it that that it's uh, a standout for me. Thank well, God for the bomb is a forced song. It's like Ozzy took the lyrics and just kind of you know put <clears throat> music to it, and it was, it was more like a a phone in. I think for Ozzy than it would be for like for the other songs on the album. And it's, it's clumsy and just doesn't work. I think mostly because of the melody, uh, the lack of originality in the song, I would say those are the the two worst.
0: Oh boy. Makes perfect sense. Right, Steve? Yeah, I can tell that I can tell that I was literally thinking to myself, okay, so we'll have the same eight and nine, obviously. (laughs) 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 Okay. So moving up the list uh, to number seven, Yes. My number 7 is Secret Loser. Um What? What? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're nuts, man. You're absolutely nuts. Now, now you get to do this. You get to you get to listen to mine. So, for Secret Loser, I I like that song. I like it a lot. And just and I'll be honest, I did this list. This is today's list, okay? It could be different tomorrow. I did this list literally right before we got on the phone. Cause I didn't have them in any kind of order and I kind of knew maybe a couple. And so I was listening through everything and listening again and moving stuff around. And so yeah, secret loser. I, I like it a lot, but I don't like it more than any of the other songs that are ahead of it. And, um, the one song that I was getting close to, I'm going to do uh, yeah. The one song I was getting close to it, uh, was thank God for the bomb. And I like the chorus on thank God for the bomb better. I, I like it because Ozzy's oh voice, gosh, you're, I you're love actually, his voice in that chorus, man. Even, even, just, even with the Nukia nuke, I still love it's
3: Just So it's so horrible. I, I cannot believe you put secret loser. <laughs> okay. So you're saying
0: fool like you is a better song than secret loser. Really? Um, let me just tell you, see, fool like you is not next either. So you're really going to be poo-pooing in your in your pampers here Apparently, in a minute.
3: Apparently, I will be. This is yeah, crazy. just man. like I was this a second ago. Crazy again. talk. I, you know, I'm gonna have to check what you're eating and drinking and shooting up. This is
0: not <laughs> right. Okay, so that was my number seven. Okay. Uh, the, the song that could be about you, except it would have to just say "very well-known loser." <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your number seven? Well, it's really funny because uh, you talked about your your bottom two,
3: and uh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> uh, so number seven for me is lightning strikes.
0: Okay, so you have lightning strike. I'm keeping tabs on you right here too. I'm putting, okay. I'm, num- I'm numbering yours as well. Um, okay. So your number seven is lightning strikes. Yes, and it was my number nine. So we're not too terribly far off, at least on that one. Right. Uh, um. Now, what your number nine was. Is, is not anywhere near the same on are you breathing into your mic or something some noise I'm oh, no. sorry I got my fan going go ahead okay um so that was so that was your number seven so your number seven was lightning strikes which you know it's not I don't hate the song so I'm not gonna sit there and you know crap on it because it's 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 a decent song but I don't like it's the happy the too happy chorus so um <laughs> too happy it's too happy rocking that's, that's- all night. That's, that's, that's the rule for you, Steve. Can't I be too happy? To I like, yeah. I like miserable and depre- I, I, I prefer miserable and depressing. <laughs> well, so, considering
3: how that's, that's how you make me feel. that feels
0: perfectly appropriate. Well, then Go I'm, ahead. then I'm doing Go ahead. what I want to do. So, <laughs> okay. So my number six is okay. the one that you've already named and I just named it a second ago. So my number six, obviously, thank God for the bomb. Um, right. I love the riff. You know, it starts off with that dana, wow, 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 with the back and forth thing. Um, I like the lyrics. I like the way it's um I like the way he sounds when he's singing them, you know. Mm-hmm. His voice, his, to me, his voice in this song is really sounds phenomenal. Um the chorus, right. even though I know a lot of people think the thank God for the bomb is cheesy, and it probably is to a certain degree, but man, I love the way he sounds. Even with a nukia nukia. So, for you, that was number eight. For me, it was number six. You know, I love that Today was tomorrow yesterday line. That's really, okay. really good too. It's a great bridge. so anyway, my number six, okay. thank God for the bomb. What is yours? Okay. You could probably guess what my number six is. You could
3: uh, probably
2: guess.
0: it must be never know why.
3: there you go, okay, so so yeah, you predicted that. I just have two slots above where you were yeah, you so, so you
0: had' them in the you had' them in the same order as me. Well, no, yeah, yes. you, did, cause you had lightning strikes yeah. lower, but you, okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. like I said, I don't, I don't even hate Never Know Why because it's got that that cool. I don't, I called it swells, but I don't think it's really swells. It's just you know some kind of wah, wah, some noises that kind of move back and forth, and it's I like it. I don't like I said. There's nothing on this album that I hate. I really, I wouldn't skip anything on this album unless I was re, if I was really pressed for time. I might would skip lightning strikes, but. Well, I like, the, but the, I still like it. The sad
3: thing is, there was not a remake of No Bone Movies on this album. But I mean, I guess I can forgive it for
0: that. But um, well, if that was the case, uh, Jake probably would have just said, you know what? I'm not playing that crap. <laughs> no, No Bone Movies. I, I've said it before. You know, I thought we were going to actually get through an Aussie episode without you bringing that. Stuff up. I was gonna call it trash, but it's an it's a Randy riff. I can't call it trash. It's a great riff. I can't
3: call it trash, dude. That's travesty.
0: It's a great riff. I just don't, you know, lyrically that song is is just terrible. And 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 you know, no bone movies is not a good chorus. The gang vocals on it. We've been through this, Mark. We've been through this.
3: Yes, yes you're still entitled
0: to be wrong, Steve. Uh, yes, yes, okay, right. okay. So my next one. Okay. Oh gosh, I can't wait to hear your response on this one. My my next one is number five. Okay. Okay. So, so let me. I'm going to recap. I'm going to keep recap. I'm going to recap a little bit here. So far, I've got lightning strikes at number nine. Okay. I've got never know why at number yeah. eight. Okay. I've got secret loser at number seven. Goodly, yes. Okay. And I've got thank God for the bomb at number oh. six. God. So okay, moving up to number five. This is a song. It's a very great song. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could almost put this at number two if I wanted to, because it's just, it's a, everything up here to me is just killer, but it's a great song. It's very commercial. Your fans blowing again, I can hear. Um, But there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's, there was a pretty big writing discrepancy on who actually got credit for writing this song. My number five, Mark is shot in the dark. Mm, okay meaning that fool like you is above shot in the dark too
3: okay steve i just just wanted to i don't know i don't know what you're taking man i have no idea but uh fool like you is a terrible song dude dude you're crazy you need to listen to that again i mean if you put secret loser
0: yeah (laughs) you say that's a worse song than fool like you you are a loser man man the the lyrics and and for go ahead we're not there I'm yet. I'm not. Those, you know, I'm not Secret to fool like. There's I... a thousand times a much better song. No, it's not. Like no, it's it is not. an
3: absolutely amazing song. From the solo to the riff to everything. Secret, Secret loser. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, but uh, fool like you, no, no, definitely not. Mm. That, that's. I mean, fool like you for me is my version of no bone movies. I mean, it's it's like yeah, the song is just not, it is not good. Okay. You know. Okay. So, so it's
0: that's that's yeah.
3: So that's pretty amazing. I thought we would be more in agreement on this, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not. We're not seeing it the same way. But go yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay. So that was my number five. So let me let me wrap yours up real quick. Your number nine was "Fool Like You." Yes. Your number eight was "Thank God for the Bomb." Yep. Your number seven was "Lightning Strikes," and your number six was "Never Know Why." So what yes. is your number five?
3: Okay, before I tell you, I'm going to preface this by saying that the next five to one songs that I'm that I'm going to list out mm-hmm. are all great songs. Yes, I agree. Um, but I have to sort of rank them the way we are suggesting here. So I'm trying to do the best I can to put them in. So I'm not if yeah. I give the number five as being this doesn't mean I think it's a bad song because I don't think it's a bad song at all. Yeah. Um, but it's it's less good than the others. I, so my number five is Ultimate
0: Sin wow yeah. your number five is ultimate sin i mean yes. like i said i get it i get it because like i said my number nine is lightning strikes and i don't hate that song i like it right i, so, I, I
3: like ultimate Sin, but you know the metallic inspired riff and all that it's 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 a good song some so might that, say that, that yes okay
0: yeah, yeah so that's your number five the ultimate sin wow oh yes gosh that's that's uh
3: well, that's, i mean you putting shot in the dark as low as you did yeah that's just I don't know how oh. this seems very wrong to me, but go ahead. Okay.
0: <laughs> so shot in the dark was my number five. Yeah. My number four, Mark. Yes. You'll be pleased to know. Okay. It's about you <laughs> to be more specific. It is about a, uh, yeah, fool, about a fool like, like, like you. Me. Yes. yes. So my back. number four is fool like you. And there's been times where i I've always liked this song, but I, I listened to it earlier because I was like, you know, where am I going to rank these things? Because yeah. for me, Secret Loser, Thank God for the Bomb, Shot in the Dark, Fool Like You, those are all... None of those are, I wouldn't say second tier, but they weren't going to crack my top three. My top three was a little... I mean, I they could, but, cause, but I, I listened to it, and, and to me, lyrically, I love that song. I like what it's singing about. You know, it's just like what he, like the part where he said... Forever haunted, I will yeah. be by a fool like you. It's just, it's, it's a really, you know, true story and about life how life can go sometimes. But man, that's a really good song. That's a really good song. I like it a lot. I know you don't like it a lot, but that's my number four.
3: The fool. poetic, but the poetic version of Steve is now manifesting himself.
0: Hey, yes, that's it. I'm always when we do reviews, the poetic, <laughs> the, the lyrical yeah. side is always going to come out, especially from when I was a teenager. So,
3: okay. So of course, what was "Song of a Fool" like you when you were a teenager? I, I'm sure you could relate to that quite well. So that I still makes can, sense. actually. <laughs> <laughs> it makes yeah, perfect sense. So, okay,
0: so, so that was what your number four? That was my number four. You've done okay. okay I'm gonna. I, I already know what your. I know what your next one's gonna be. I know it. There's no way it gets any higher than it than it already is for you. Okay. Why don't you project what you think is your number? Final? Your number four is going to be "Secret Loser." Ah, not bad. That's right.
3: It there is super loser. There we go. Although having ranked it that way doesn't mean or su- to suggest that it's in any way a bad song. I love. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Really these are all great.
3: Um, and it, you know, I it's it's just a little less good than the top three. Sure. But it's it's an amazing. I love the riff. Everything about the song. It's one of the best on the album. One. You know, I, I really think that. Yeah. Much better than fool like you. Much better than thank God for the bomb, all those and lightning strikes. That's okay. It's it's just it's 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 very well done. And and going into it, I thought uh, the the name, the title of the song for me was like ah, probably not a really good song. I was really impressed. So Jake outdid himself, and yeah. yeah, So it's it's just it's. Hey, it's
0: a. I like it. I love that song. I mean, like I said, when I turn this album on, there's nothing other than maybe lightning strikes that I mean that I'm kind of like okay, next song, please. You know, I mean, I skip, 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 skip. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like everything on this album. And I mean, even putting Never Know Why at number eight, when I turned it on and that intro part starts and everything comes in, I'm going, I like this, man. And then I'm thinking, man, I'm putting it down here at the bottom. And I'm like, but I can't rank it higher than anything else. I just can't, so.
3: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Okay,
0: So cool. so, so number, th- now this is probably, you might be a little shocked because I I know that I made certain statements and I don't, and I think I actually gave this next song a higher number ranking than I did the, the, my number two, but, um, but either, cause I listened to both of them and, and I'm just like, you know, I think I like this, my number two, a little better than my number three, even though I love both of them. My number three is killer of giants. Wow. Yeah. It's a pheno- yeah. phenomenal yeah. song. I love yeah. it. But, Okay. Like I said, you're putting these things in order, and these are songs that I have loved since I was about 14 years old. And okay. I put this. I mean, I've been. I listened to this album when I got back, and I had it cranked up to the max in the car, just jamming like crazy. And I'm like, so great. And I mean, and Killer Giants is 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 a phenomenal song. I just I wrote incredible song, but I prefer the other two. Wow. Okay. so what what would you so so i think if i'm not mistaken oh wait a minute wait a minute okay okay i see which okay i know what's your number i know what your next one's gonna be i'm gonna let you name it but i think i know what your next one's gonna be okay well if you think you know oh you want me to you want me to say it i want yeah i'm, I'm curious okay if you think you you know me go ahead so what would number three be your 40? number three is going to be shot in the dark yeah, you see, you see, Steve.
3: This is the thing. I'm I'm picking songs based on real talent and real um, musicianship, and you're 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 actually predicting my, my choices, which only indicates that I have a mind that works correctly. Okay. <laughs> no, so you understand. You understand what the musicianship is and how it actually correlates with what we're hearing on the album. Okay. So yeah, number three is shot in the dark. Exactly.
0: It's, well, it's, I'm just looking at it and basing it like, okay, if he's got these songs in this order, th- he's not going to put these certain songs ahead of that certain song. So I just, <laughs> you know, based based on what I said before, you mean, or just based? Just, I mean, I mean based on that's based on my thinking. Like I'm like I'm okay. thinking those other two songs. You know, I'm I've got I have a pretty controversial statement about something here in a second that I'll say, but I mean I turned on Shot in the Dark a minute ago, just kind of scanning it, and I was like. What a phenomenal song. You know, I've got it at number five, and I'm like, what a phenomenal song, though. I mean, it's just yeah. what a what a great album, man. It's just such a great album. Um, a very
3: catchy song, very well done, even though it's probably ripped off.
0: I mean, partly. I mean, Phil Phil Susan or Phil Susan, however he says his name, he 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 did write, he helped write the song, but he just didn't give credit to the other guys. If he would have just given credit to the other guys, and and I do play uh the demo. On this episode, so people have already heard the demo about you know maybe half of it, and the chorus is certainly you know it, it's different, but it's still there. You know it's the same. You know this is a big chunk of. He came in with something good, and Ozzy's version is way better. The you know the verses are better, the core everything's better, but you know it's a slick produced great album on a great album, and theirs was just a demo. So, um, so my. Number two, I'm sure this is just I'm sure you're, you're you're biting your. If you've seen the cover of this album, you're probably biting your really 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 long. I break. know what you. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, I, I know. you know this one because we we had this discussion. I was very clear about what my favorite song on this album was, and I'll tell you what, I almost swapped it. I almost swapped it, and I listened to this. uh, the, Obviously, the uh, my number two is the title the title track, the ultimate sin. Um, I listened to it a minute ago because I was trying to figure out, did I want to put it ahead of Killer of Giants or not? Because that was my dilemma. And I listened to it and I thought, man, this riff is sinister. It's dark. And then it's got that that ending where he's like the ultimate sin and then the double bass drums and it's just heavy. I was like, that's going to propel it ahead of Killer of Giants. Even though Killer of Giants has that that fast thing at the end where he does all those pick slides and stuff, yeah. that's really cool. But I just thought, man, the ultimate sin to me is just... I prefer it. I just prefer it to Killer of Giants. I love Killer of Giants too, but I prefer The Ultimate Sin. So <laughs> so you are at number 2. I'm at number 2. And I'm pretty sure I know what your number 2 is, but I'm I, going
3: to, I th- I think it's pretty clear what number
0: 2 is. There's not a lot of mystery. I think we're thing. only going to I think we're going to agree on one song. Yeah, yeah, we're probably going
3: to agree on that. So let me just say this. I yeah. mean, the last number 1 and number 2 there's probably maybe 1% <laughs> of difference as far as quality like a whisker <laughs> yeah like a very very small so it's it's easily interchangeable let's just be honest oh yeah um and so it was just a slight little bit better uh, on the first on on, the, on number one mm-hmm. so number two of course would be go ahead steve for me
0: killer of giants
3: yes exactly so killer of giants is number two yeah
0: and you're number um, one of
3: course I, so obviously it's it's never yeah so so, here's, yeah, so between those two.
0: So here's my controversy is I was listening to Never and I love the song. I love the melody that he sings in the songs, you know, the verses, I love the the pre-chorus, I love the chorus. I love, you know, I just love the way his voice sounds when he's singing it's never too late to cry, it's never too late for goodbyes. Um that riff, you know that that riff that you're going to be learning hopefully already. Um, I've already uh, been down that road. So, sweet. Yeah. But but that riff I mean, it's so killer. Comes in, the the drumming in this song is probably my favorite drumming on the album. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I could probably take this song and put it (laughs) at number three or four. I mean, I could, there's, to me, this album is so good. I could take that and I know you'll think this is blasphemy. I could put it at number seven or six, you know? I could put, thank God for the bomb ahead of it if I wanted, because I love all of these songs. But, but, it's, but I thought it's that riff. Every time I hear that man, it's just like you want to turn it up full blast and just air guitar like crazy. And 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 yeah. like I said, yeah. there's all the melodies in the song, in the verses, the pre-chorus, the chorus, everything. The uh, is perfect. It's just perfect stuff. Yeah, man. and I, I agree. I think
3: that um, the source as as musicianship and the way the song sounds, the way it's produced, uh, the way Jake is playing, Phil and Castillo, all these guys, they're all firing on all cylinders. It's the same thing I would say. Now, Crazy Train's a much better song, okay? But I would say it's a similar thing. So Crazy Train would be an example of Randy Rhoads having the best, and everybody's firing on all cylinders. Is great riding, great uh, singing from Ozzy, all of that. It's the same thing with this song for Jake. And so it's, yeah, yeah. you it's it's the perennial i think on this album so i, I do believe it is the best yeah. so we agree on that one thing
0: <laughs> well out of nine we got one straight together
3: <laughs> so- we got one so i'm surprised that we get more commonality but uh
0: well let me add this too because uh you haven't heard you you know you haven't heard uh i've edited the episode already um i did listen to black magic woman you know that with the <laughs> the da na 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 it's a little bit different but it's really 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 close yeah, and it's too close it only i didn't listen to the whole song cuz i just don't want to listen to you know Quality is too much for you but go ahead no oh, shut up but <laughs> but there's you know that does that na na and and i started thinking i got a black magic woman da na 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 and i thought okay i could see how those how that kind of ties it together cuz i've heard the song the, before you know, obviously, I just hadn't heard. I just didn't remember that little intro. As soon as I heard it, I was like, "Okay, that's very similar." He's right, but Jake did it better.
3: <laughs> well, it's not so much that. I mean, I've. I've I mean, how do I explain this? He did, now, now, the, the if, note: if you rip off, if you rip off another artist blatantly, yeah. right? It's not doesn't matter if you do it better or not. Who cares? I mean, unless you give credit, right? So, as far as I know. They never said, "Hey, we we took this riff from these guys as a joke or a parody." Then it would have been like, "Okay, I don't care. You know, it's no big deal." You do know but which? The, you didn't know who
0: the artist whose album this was on was, right? Right. I
3: understand. that.
0: <laughs> they have a history I, of this. I, I,
3: they have a history of that. Yeah. But I mean, it, at least like in the liner notes, they could say, "Yo, we did we did a little thing with Black Magic Woman. We threw it in there." Okay, no big deal. Fine. But if you do it and you're, it's so obvious and blatant, and yet you still don't. Say anything. It, that's that's where I, I I say it's not right, right? So,
0: you know, there's a possibility that that maybe Jake n- knew Carlos Santana, maybe or maybe he spoke with him at some point and said, "Hey, I I i assume this. This is what I assume that Jake was a huge fan of Santana, obviously, and he was probably I no
3: is that true? Is that true? I have no idea.
0: I, I assume it was. He took that. Okay. He he knew that. I mean, so maybe he said. I'm gonna just kind of pay homage, uh, what's that word homage. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna pay, pay homage to it. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna pay homage to it and and just and do it. And anybody that hears this will know it. Which you know maybe not a 13 year old kid though. So, <laughs> but, but 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 that said, um, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. So you didn't know all this time until t-
3: t- recently. So you told last me week. Yeah, you did not know that that. Particular
0: intro, no was a idea. Off a of Black
3: Magic Woman. Let never. Me just get this on on record. Yeah, you I, had no idea, no
0: idea, zero idea. I mean, well, that's that why because you said thing. it and you go, you started saying it all, all matter of fact when we talked and you were like, I was going to know what it was and you said, what? And I just said, look, I said, I have no idea. I have, I've never heard that. Only time I've ever heard that before in my life uh, that I realized, I didn't realize that it. Because the thing is, when you listen to Black Magic Woman, at least at the intro, because I didn't, I listened to the intro because I was just trying to get a clip of it. And in the intro, you hear it, it repeats like two times and it's, it's kind of subtle. It's not like way up high in the mix like it is on this album. And I heard it two times. And then next thing you know, his guitar comes in on top of it and you really can't hear it much anymore, even though it's still there. So I don't know if it, if it is, it, I don't know if it's predominant later in the song or not. You would have to answer that for me because you're obviously the Santana freak here.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Santana did like the intro with yeah, the riff and right. then in the in the middle of the song they reproduce it. Okay, okay so that does happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean So but the irony is this, the fact that Santana did not write the song. Oh no. <laughs> they actually did a cover of it. Okay. Now, do you you probably don't have no any
0: clue nope. at all who's who Jimmy did Hendrix. The, the original?
3: No. Okay. No. The original Writers of that song, I believe, was Fleetwood Mac I, can, now, I don't I can see I, that. I don't know if they I, I don't know if they wrote the riff. that's why I'm not sure yeah Santana may have introduced the riff to, to the song, but um I don't know if Fleetwood Mac already had it originally, right so that that's i'm sure I'm sure of that, but even so, JK Lee may be a, a huge Santana fan and he threw it in there as a joke I, I I you know, who knows or maybe he's a Fleetwood Mac fan, yeah, maybe so. But you know, it's just weird because it's it's obvious. It's what's phenomenal to me is you had no idea. <laughs> how, what, how would I? I mean, that, it, that, that that that's that's shocking to me. Being the music fan that you are, right, and being aware of what you are in music, it, it was surprising to me that you did not know what that was.
0: Well, that's um, not that's not my realm of of that's not in my sphere of music that I listen to either. So, so okay, like this. Okay, recently, um, as people know, I do. Uh, deep dives into other bands at times just to see if I'll like any of their music or whatever. Sure. So I, um, had been listening to the two albums by the damn Yankees a lot. And there's a song on, um, the first album called rock city. And it has a certain riff at the beginning of it that I've known since 1989 or 90, whenever that album came out as the riff to rock city. And because I was listening to so much damn Yankees, I decided that I was going to deep dive. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to some night Ranger. Um, I'm going to listen to some Ted Nugent. Uh, I've heard enough sticks to know that they're not really my thing. So I thought I'm going to listen to some night Ranger though. Cause I've heard, Let's do a podcast with Jack Blades. And they were talking about the first album. And so I said, you know, I'm going to listen to that album and I'm going to listen to some Ted Nugent too. So I downloaded, you know, I didn't really care. The Night Ranger stuff was just a little too, I don't know, whatever. I just didn't care for it. But I listened to the first few Ted Nugent's albums, Ted Nugent albums, and I'm thinking the song was called Just What the Doctor Ordered. And I was like, that's the same, real, real close, same chord progression. And just because I'm a stickler for this kind of thing. Right about now, you're going to hear the riff to Rock City, and then you're going to hear the riff to If It's Just What the Doctor Ordered, you'll hear that. So, but because I've never went back, Santana doesn't really interest me. So I've never, I hadn't, I would have never went back and listened to them. I've never liked anything by them enough to go, Oh, I got to go and listen. And granted, Black Magic Woman is a staple on classic rock radio, you
3: know? Yeah, but see, that's the thing because when I first started getting into rock and roll, I listened to that to exactly that. I listened to classic rock radio. Mm -hmm. so all the basic, you know, uh, classic rock bands. I was familiar with Leonard Skinner, Santana, you know, Fleetwood Mac, all these bands I had familiarity with. Yeah. And, and and maybe I didn't get in necessarily to the songs at the time, the the artists rather at the time, but I knew I was familiar with some of their material because of their hits. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, you know, that, that, that's really the origin of, of how this thing came about. Yeah. Um, but San- the the Santana song is phenomenal it's just it's a great song yeah it's and just per- yeah. particularly toward the end you know where they do the solo and all of that um and the riff is just yeah it's a really really good song but yeah so anyway, i've never heard yeah. it but i mean am but like
0: i like i said i've heard it but it's not something that i would have paid that much attention to when it came on classic rock radio cuz i'd just be like okay santana's on i'm i'm not going to be cranking it up and and like i said that that little piece at the very beginning is not loud in the mix the way it is on Fool Like You. You know, when you turn on Fool Like You, it's, I mean, it's really loud. I mean, you, and like I said, there's no way, that'd be like, if you took, okay, not that anyone, not that this would probably ever happen. And I don't know the song by Kid Rock. I don't know what it's called, but there's a song that Kid Rock has where the intro to the song is basically Sad But True by Metallica. And then, when he gets to a certain part, I guess he starts singing his own lyrics and he uses the music, but I guess he must have had obviously paid for it. But there, there could be somebody out there that doesn't have any idea that "Sad but True" is a Metallica song, and they just think that it's a, uh, a Kid Rock song, you know? Because if you don't, yeah. if, if you don't hear something, you don't know. And there's just no way. Like I said, I've never heard it. I, I never. I've heard the song. I just never paid attention. That would be the, the key way to say that, I guess. So you know, it is yeah. what it is.
3: Yeah. you know, Kid Rock, he's, he, he kind of does his thing, but it, it's sort of an understood thing in the industry, right? When, you know, all these rap artists and modern artists, they sample everything. Sure. Right? Sure. So, so Kid Rocky has another song, uh, that he, he pulls from, uh, we in London, right? So that's all yeah. werewolves And he does a riff to that and he has his own thing. He does. Sure. And he, it's sort of like a mashup of these, of these other types of songs and classic rock. And so for them, that's kind of acceptable or understood to be the case. Um,
0: and they're but paying, look, and they're paying for it. They they're not they're not they're just they're using those riffs. They're royalties for that. Sure. I don't know
3: how this whole thing came about with Jake and, and the song fool like you. Um,
0: I mean, so. I've I've ne- I've read about this album, and I've read I've never heard that anywhere. So I mean, like I said, when you said that, you were like, "That's a total rip off of," and I was like, "Okay." So I mean, like I said, I checked it out, and you're right; it is. I mean, it's definitely a borrowed riff from it, and. I, I like, I like what, I like the way it sounds here. I like what they did with it. And, but like I said, never heard it. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Incredible.
0: Okay. And and, and I'll, I can also say this. I'll never hear it again from Santana probably <laughs> unless it's on the radio. And I happen to have it on classic rock, which I don't really ever listen to the radio. So, so that probably won't happen again. So, okay. but so you're done. Your experience with it is over. Yeah, it's <laughs> over. It's over. So yeah. with that, with that, we've given our rankings. And we're, we're kind of rambling on. This is already going to be a really long episode. So um, I am going to bid you adieu. And just, just so we're clear, I couldn't give a damn or two about a fool like you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I would not have it any other way. <laughs> exactly. So, hey, thank you again for coming back and finishing this up. I appreciate it, man. No problem. All Anytime. right. Thanks, man. All right. Yep. Bye. All right. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed everything you've heard so far. I hope you enjoyed hearing me and the most hated man in podcast land so far and the little game that me and Matt play now with what have you been listening to? And there was another part that I had to delete out of it or edit out because I did not want to put that much stuff in front of the meat of the episode. But I'm going to give it to you now. You're going to hear a conversation that Matt and I had that I was going to add. Well, basically, it was just another part of that segment that we were doing. What have you been listening to? And it was a different part, but it was a little bit different direction. And it went really, really long because I went into a big, long explanation about something that's going on in my life. And I figured if you get to the end here and you don't want to listen to a whole bunch of that, you can turn it off if you want to listen then here's you about another uh, 30 or 40 minutes of stuff, I guess. But before I get to it, right before this recording, I had two other people that shared the Iron Maiden Tributes episode, and I wanted to just acknowledge those two people. One of them is one name that you always know, the Sassanac in Falkirk, Scotland, UK, my buddy Andy. And coming to you from Bangor, Northern Ireland, Neil Dalrymple. So to you two guys, thank you very much. I hope you made it this far and got to hear this. So let's hear some more talking from me and everybody's favorite Australian that's a host on my podcast, Matt. But now I want to go to our another segment. We're going to do, and, and uh, this is not a segment I would normally do because I rarely ever watch anything. I don't watch TV hardly at all. Most of my extra time, I'm either trying to spend a little bit with my family, or I work on my podcast. So, <clears throat> but um, I guess I can say that this on my podcast. Uh, let's see. Today we we're recording is Sunday, and on Wednesday, Wednesday, my son wasn't feeling good on probably Monday of last week on Tuesday, Tuesday night at like 10 PM, he comes in our bedroom and he's like, I just don't feel good. I might have COVID. <laughs> so we're like, okay, well, why did you wait till 10 o'clock at night after you've been hanging out with your friends all day? You know, which is, that's why, because he wanted to hang out with his friends. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he's a kid, you know, we all do stupid things when we're kids. So, so uh, we're like, okay, well, my wife's like, okay, we'll take them in the morning and get them tested. You know, I go to work. So I get up, I go to work. I started work at 9 a.m. And I, I drive a truck, you know, a big 18-wheeler truck, you know, a tractor-trailer type of deal. So I get to my job and I, you know, I, uh, I work for a very large company. So I go into the dispatch office. I get the keys for my truck. I go out to my truck. I you know, we do a little, what they call a pre-trip. You check the tires, you check the engine, you know, you just, very basic. Cause I don't know anything. I'm really stupid about it. I just know how to check the oil. I know how to do the things they tell me. So I get that I'm sitting in my truck and I get a text message from my wife, uh, that my son tested positive for COVID and I'm going, okay, what do I do now? You know, I'm, so I call one of my boss, I call one, you know, we have many supervisors so I call one of my supervisors that I normally would deal with. And I said, hey, my son tested positive co- with COVID. What do I do? Do I need to work the rest of the day? Do I need to go home? What, ha- what happens? I have no idea. She says, well, uh, I believe that you're going to need to go home because, you know, you live with your son. You know? And I say, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she says, I think you get paid. You get, you get two weeks paid off. You know, because you don't have no, you know, because COVID is such a new thing and it's, it's being handled totally differently than anything that's come along because it's, it is totally different than anything that's come along in a long time. Right. So she says here, call HR, I call HR. And ultimately they say, yeah, you need to go home and you will get paid for 10. You know, we work five day weeks over here in the States. I don't know if they do that everywhere in the world, but we work five day weeks, which constitutes two weekends or I'm sorry. So 10 work days and two weekends in between. So basically 14 days off of work. So I'm at work Wednesday morning and I find out Wednesday morning, hey, you're off for the next 14 days and you're getting paid for it. And, you know, my son tested positive for COVID. So there's a concern there. But my other thing in my mind is I'm literally going ecstatic in my mind, thinking I'm off work for two weeks and I get paid. Oh my gosh, it's like a paid vacation, <laughs> you know? So I was really excited about that. Plus I knew my son wasn't, You know, he didn't have the deathly ill symptoms that we, I, I know, uh, I know of one guy, uh, a a friend, a girl that I used to work with. And I told you about this, her husband was 30 years old and he passed away like within the last month. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was in the hospital. He was very, 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 very sick. And so I know I've certainly know what, what, what's Cape, what COVID is capable of. But I also knew how my son was acting the day before and, and how he was that morning. And so I came, you know, I, I go in there and I turn my, my truck keys in and I go home. And, um, so that was Wednesday morning and my, my, my days off didn't start till the next day. Cause I had technically clocked in. <laughs> so sorry to go on so long about all this, but, uh, so next day, I, Thursday, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So this is my fourth day, um, And I've got 10 more days off. And it's like, I keep sitting on the couch and everyone's getting mad at me. I say everyone, my wife, because I'm sitting there. I I told you earlier, I was sitting on the couch this morning, just kind of, kind of leaned back with my head back. And all of a sudden I kind of leaned forward a little bit and I just went, oh my gosh. She was like, what? I go, I don't have to go to work at all. Like for 10 more days. (laughs) She's just like, can you shut up about it? (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry, but. To, to not expect a vacation and get one, you know, and thank God uh, for anyone that wants to know. My son is he's he's pretty decent. He's got a really rough cough. Um, He he sleeps a lot. And um, hold on one second. What do you need? Good night. I love you. Matt loves you, too.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking to me.
0: No, I'm talking to uh, <laughs> uh, my daughter. She just my mate. He said, I said, I'm talking to my daughter. He goes, (laughs) my mate. (laughs) Nah, I love you too. Okay, I'll I'll edit that. (laughs) Or maybe I won't. Maybe it just sounds like a loving dad. I told my wife earlier, I said, you know, uh, I said, I'll talk to people and they'll just be like, man, you're just such an, you're, I was talking to this guy uh, on Twitter and and I told him, he goes, he goes, I can tell by listening to your podcast, you seem like a really nice guy. And I said, well, honestly, I'm just (laughs) a." And I said I'm just nice on the podcast and he goes, "Aren't we all?" Started <laughs> to laugh. I said, "Yeah, pretty much." So, okay. I was, so I was thinking
1: of the Wasp song, The Real Me. Have you seen The Real yeah. Me?
0: <laughs> Have you seen The Real Me? So, for anyone that does want to know, my son, you know, thank God, my son, he's 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 not horribly sick. He's he's got a really rough cough. He um during the summer, he would sleep a lot and he would play video games a lot. And right now, one of his other best buddies also got tested the same day and was, you know, positive as well. So his best buddy who he plays video games with all the time is basically they're sitting home and they're playing video games all day now. And which makes sense. I mean, but he sleeps a lot. He sits and plays video games a lot. Only difference is he, you you hear this really rough cough coming out of his room every so often. And, and, uh, he, he said today that he was feeling better, you know, as far as, you know, as far as better goes, he's feeling better than he did so far. So, which is good. I'm, I'm, it makes having this time away from work, excuse me. It makes having this time away from work easier to enjoy because I have no symptoms whatsoever. Now, the other thing is my son has never had a fever. And I know that's a huge, huge part of, and my wife being a nurse, she's always checking. So there's the medical report for uncle Steve's household. <laughs> my daughter's fine. My wife is fine. Now my wife, she's a nurse. She's a little more paranoid. So every now and then she'll go, I don't know, man, I'm kind of feeling it. I'm just like, okay, just, you know, just <laughs> it's chill. Not, it's, just, it's
1: not funny that when people start over analyzing, Yeah. Yeah. And she, it,
0: she comes by that naturally. Cause her mom, her dad and her sister, everyone in her family is the same way. So,
2: mm.
0: Okay, so that leads me to tell to do a segment now called What Have You Been Watching? Because I've had, you know, just the last... When you have three or four days of, like, literally, I don't have anything to do. I can just watch stuff. I have all this free time. And I'm certainly working towards some other things pertaining to the podcast as well that I don't want to talk about just yet. But I've been watching a lot of different things. And so I'm going to go first because... Uh, Here's what I've been watching.
1: Here's that'll give me a that'll up. give me a chance to scramble because you've kind of <laughs> sprung it on me.
0: I mentioned this to you earlier, remember? When yeah, I called was, you in the It
1: wasn't that much earlier.
0: Okay, well it was 4 hours ago, so. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this will give you time. So, part of it is music. I mean, it's all music. Um No, sorry, one of them is not music. There's a band. Have you ever heard of a band called Great White? I have. Okay. Have you ever heard of their song called Rock Me?
1: Uh, the only one I can it, think of is Once Bitten. I don't, that's not even their okay. song, is it? Yeah,
0: yeah. That, that's a, that that came, this song came on an album before. It's a, one of their biggest hit songs. It's a lot better than Once Bitten. That song's terrible. I hate well, it.
1: But, keep in mind, when they were probably big here, I was still in Australia, and no one would have heard of them. It would be mm-hmm, very true.
0: Small. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it was 80s. We're talking yeah. mid-80s, 87, 86. Pre-internet. Yeah, so they had this song called Rock Me. It's a really, really popular, it's a really good song. Their lead singer, I'm not a Led Zeppelin fan per se. I don't hate him, but I've never gotten into him real big. I mean, my parents, huge Led Zeppelin fans. You know, my parents went and saw Led Zeppelin back in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, I guess, the late 60s. I just never was into him. But their singer has a very Robert Plant-style voice. He's, they've even done it. He's even done a cover of, of one Led Zeppelin song. I can't remember what it is, but he sounds phenomenal. It's really cool. Anyway, I was on YouTube and you know, you know how, when you're on YouTube and you'll just, just random things will pop up when you're just scrolling around and looking a little bit. And so I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm off work doing nothing. So I'm scrolling around looking a little bit and I find rock me. With the current singer of Great White, whose Mm -hmm. name is Mitch Malloy, I don't really know much at all about Mitch Malloy. although he looks like he should be in an 80s hair metal band, kind of, when you see a picture. He's got these long, incredibly cool-looking long hair, blonde, curly. He's got really cool hair. Um, And he's, he, I believe at one point he was being considered to be the vocalist in Van Halen. I believe mm-hmm. that him and Eddie Van Halen worked on stuff together at one point. That's, but I don't know really what he's ever done. I don't know much about the guy. But anyway, I decided. Well, I wonder what this guy sounds like with Great White because I like that song. I like that song okay, but you know how sometimes you'll turn on stuff you don't even care about just to see. So I was being nosy and I said, "Let me listen to it." So I turned it on, and it it didn't sound too bad. But while it was playing, I'm scrolling through the. The you know, the other videos that it recommends. And there's a re- another video of the the original lead singer of Great White, whose name is Jack Russell, the one who sounds like Robert Plant. Mm-hmm. And it says it was from 2021 or 2020 or 2019. So it's just in the last couple of years. And I'm going, I want to hear what he sounds like singing this song because the other guy sounds okay. But, it's, you know, it's it's definitely different. So I turn on this guy's version of it, thinking I'm going to watch it for a minute or two. I watched the whole seven-minute clip. This guy sounded phenomenal. And I'm, I was never a big Great White fan. I saw them live one time. Uh, Tesla was opening for them. And I love Tesla. We left during Great White because they just they shouldn't have been headlining over Tesla. Mm. But anyway, we watched them. I'm sorry, I watched this video and I was blown away. I was like, wow, this guy's really good. So then I went on a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a deep dive, but it made me think deep dive. So I went and started kind of just listening to other great white songs. And I heard two or three others that I really liked. I found a couple that I didn't like as much, but I found two or three that I thought were really good. And I thought, maybe I need to give these guys a little more of a chance. So that's one thing I watched when I say, what have you been watching? Um, I also watched an Ozzy Osbourne video and I believe I watched this last night which will precede the video I watched too he has a his most recent album uh, which was called what's it called man I just downloaded it earlier tonight Ordinary Man his most recent album Ordinary Man came out last year has a song on it called Under the Graveyard and I I remember listening to that song at least once when it came out and thinking, man, Aussie sounds really good there. I'm, I'm thinking he's got to be auto tuned or something. Cause he's in his seventies, mm-hmm. but still it had that classic Aussie, you know, vocal sound and, and the song was really good. So I found the video for it last night. I, I think I was scrolling on, on um, YouTube and I saw it. It said, so I watched it and it's basically a story of Sharon Osbourne Saving Ozzy from what he was going through. He was basically out of Black Sabbath, and he was just drinking and drugging himself, probably to death if he would have kept going. Right, and it's the it's a video story of her. You know, it, it has an actor playing him and an actor playing her, and 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 she's talking about I just had to go down there and I had to get him, and no one else cared, and blah blah blah. And it's a it's a and and not to mention the song is really good. So I watched that then. After that, I watched uh, something called Ozzy. It was Ozzy Osbourne biography, and I think it said the Nine Lives of Ozzy Osbourne or something like that.
1: Oh, it's I saw recently. Yeah, that was that was good.
0: Yeah, I watched it, and it was really good. It's very and like I, I, I know we talked uh, before. I hate to say off air because it makes it sound like we're on the radio or something. But <laughs> off air, off mic, whatever, off recording, we were talking about it, and I was telling you a huge difference between. Like I've never watched the full live after death, you know, concert. Begum. Yeah. No gasp! Gasp! I've listened
1: to the album thousands of times. Have you really? Have you really listened to it thousands of times?
0: Let's let's go. Let's go with. Let's go with. I probably listened to it a lot of times. <laughs> so probably more than five. Probably more than ten. I, I I couldn't even tell you. That was the very first Iron Maiden I owned. So I know I've listened to it a lot. I hate when people go. Oh yeah, I've listened to that a thousand times. I ran across a guy the other day that said he listens. I could swear he told me he listens to that album every day. And I was like, every day?
1: I used to do that when I was in my teens. I would go to sleep with that. But he's
0: talking, he's talking every day or every week since the 80s. Uh, yeah, I didn't do that. That's incredible. Well, but anyway, anyway, so a video like, like Live After Death, you turn it on. And from what I understand, it's just a concert from start to finish. Now, you know how uh, Flight 666- can, can I correct you, watch-
1: you there for a moment? You said yes. it's just a concert. Okay. Can I correct you and say it's a little more than just a concert? Please do. It's one of the greatest concerts I'd ever seen, ever not seen, but was lucky enough to see on video. I used to sit there and watch it every day after school. Okay. So okay. I, I think it's a little more than just a concert. Okay. let's well, con- go on.
0: It, I got you. I, and I'm not downplaying it. I, I still, we were, a few of us were chatting on Twitter the other day about, like I went and saw that cover band that we discussed last week, and there were certain parts of when they were playing Maiden songs where I was singing, you know, the lines that Bruce sings on Live After Death mm. at their concert. Still, you know, it's just it's that ingrained in you. It's the most quotable Live Iron Maiden album. But it's a concert. You didn't, you didn't ask here him to scream
1: for your Long Beach in Texas, did did you?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. But oh let God, me. Ref- I'm gonna it. say. I'm, I'm gonna say it again. It's just a concert. As far as it, it starts with them coming on stage. And they finish playing. There's no clips of the band talking about anything in between, correct? Correct. So when I watch a video, like another one I'm going to talk about here, there's, there's, I like a, a video that's a little more interspersed with other things. You know, it's like, you just, I would rather listen to a live album than sit there and watch them play the whole live album, I guess. And like, So I anyway I watched that Ozzy biopic and you know Ozzy's very interesting because of the drama. If it was an Iron Maiden biopic that I'd never seen and it was professionally done with interviews with Ozzy, you know that thing had interviews with Ozzy, Bill Ward, Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath, um, uh, Rudy Sarzo, his bassist, you know when he was touring with Randy Rose, just a lot of different people, uh, obviously Sharon, and it was just very interesting. And you said you watched it too, so another one I watched was. I think it's, it's just damn Yankees don't tread video. It's, it's a VHS. It's a live concert, but it's interspersed with them being at radio stations and talking about the different members of the band and describing the different members. So it's, it's really entertaining compared to watching just 90 or a hundred minutes of, of music of concert. And not that I don't like the music I've listened to live after death. I've listened to rock in Rio. I, I have seen flight six, six, six one time. Uh, I've never watched, um, what's that other one they did? Made in England. I've never watched that one all the way through. Maybe I have. Maybe I've seen Live After Death once through. I don't know, but I don't recall it. So Um, what else did I watch? Because this is going on really a long time. Under the Graveyard, Rock Me, Don't Tread. Under. uh, I got that twice. Uh, The one other thing I did watch, I didn't finish it, but I started watching was the Moscow Peace Festival from 1989. I watched Ozzy's set from it. And it was interesting to watch that too. So the last thing I've been watching and I wasn't watching this. My daughter got me to watch this. I've never, I I never heard of it, never knew what it was. And me and you discussed this. It was a show called um, the squid games or something like that. The squid world. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. It's a new series on Netflix. I don't know the name of it, but from what I've heard, I've wanted to see it.
0: I, I can say this. I, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like a show that's been out for a while and she just ran across it. But apparently when I mentioned it to you the other day and you're like, Oh yeah, I've heard about that. And I'm like, Oh, is it new? And you said, yeah, my daughter's, you know, she's watched, I guess there's, she said there's eight or nine episodes and I've watched the first two. I wasn't interested at all until some seriously dramatic stuff started happening in the first episode. And I, it reminded me of watching something along the lines of the twilight zone. And you know, although much more new and much more graphic or like black mirror, which has a very twilight. It's like stuff you just don't expect. And I just don't watch TV much, but I was really interested in watching that. It was very interesting to me. I've been wanting to watch another episode the last couple of days, but she's never come and said, Hey, let's watch another one. So, so what have you been watching,
1: Matt? (laughs) Well, I haven't been on a vacation for the last week. (laughs) Uh, mm. So I've all I've done is just binge watched a, a bit of commercial TV, okay. and the flavour of the month has been nothing exciting. Uh, I like watching Shark Tank though, so uh, like Tank. all the little businesses getting off the ground. So I've been okay. watching that. And cool. but whatever that show was that you mentioned that we can't think of the name of
0: um, the, Oz- the, the Hunger- Aussie Bio. Oh, oh no, Squid- like the Hunger Squid games, Squid games kind or whatever? of things. Yeah. yeah, whatever that was.
1: I do want to see that. We tried to to crank that up yesterday. And I've got a problem trying to get onto Netflix at the moment, so we'll have to try ah, and rectify okay. that. But I do want to see that. And I don't know. I don't think I've really watched anything that's out of the ordinary, just a bit of normal TV, okay. a bit of Walking Dead now or that's kind of finished for this year. Um,
0: Maybe next time I'll just say, what have I been watching? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I can go, mm, ah, yeah, I'd like to watch that, or I've seen that. But, yeah, yeah nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, like sometimes I'll do, you know, little dives on YouTube like, I used to watch some of the reaction videos till I realized that they're all very formulaic and everyone seems to be in uh, shock and awe.
0: That reminds me. No, nothing against that. It.
1: Nothing against that, though.
0: There's a lady I've been watching a few videos by, and she's, a, I don't know if she's an opera singer or what she is, but she's a, she's an attractive lady. Looks like
1: she's, huh? A young blondie sort of girl.
0: Yeah, long, like, br- brownish blonde hair. Um, did,
1: she, did you watch Hallowed Be Thy Name by any chance on that?
0: No, but I think she's yeah. done that. I, I watched her do uh, Painkiller. I watched her do by Priest. I watched her do Victim of Changes by Judas Priest. Um, I watched her do – I started watching – what was it? And I think I started watching Hallowed Be Thy Name, but it was hmm. a live version. And I was like, I don't want to yeah. try – you know, I'm like, that, that, that really doesn't – no justice because she's trying to listen to him sing at 90 miles an hour faster than and, he's supposed to. And,
1: and that was the somewhere back in time version. Now, if she had done the beast on the road version, that would have been very different. Cause that's, yeah, that that's awesome. Been mm.
0: But it's like, she's watching video. So, but I did watch uh, one other one yesterday and it was a live version, which I thought was going to suck because it was live, but it was a live version. And I don't know if you know this guy of King diamond, Doing a song called "Sleepless Nights," and I was pretty big into King Diamond uh, back in the late '80s, and so it was kind of cool just to see her reaction to it. And she doesn't really—it's not the fact that the way she justifies it or reacts; it's how she talks about how they're singing yeah. and how they like especially with like when she did Rob Halford, she emphasized, "Oh, he's like—he's really putting certain—he's pushing harder on certain vowels and certain points," and th- and it was really interesting to hear. I mean, it wasn't oh, well, I like this. Because even one part, she's like, I don't know if I like his voice, but I really admire what he's doing with it. And yeah. I thought, that's cool. That's good enough for me. I thought it was interesting. I wasn't expecting to like it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the Hello I name when she was talking about, like, Bruce's stance and how you get your extra power from mm-hmm. you know, down within his chest and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was interesting. interesting. I, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.